0: Silo, this is the podcast dedicated to breaking out every episode of the Apple Plus TV series, Silo. I'm your Liam, here. I'm joined by my co-host, Spencer Spencer. How are you this week?
1: Thoroughly intrigued as driven by certain directorial decisions that were made with the damn opening of this episode.
0: Oh, interesting. Why, why don't you go ahead and jump into that? Wait, what, what, are wait. You, what are you meant referencing?
1: I feel like you set me up. I feel like you set me up for failure when you asked me. Last recording that we did, Spencer, Spencer, in your infinite well-regarded wisdom, when do you think that, you know, the sheriff may be exiting the show? It couldn't be
2: sometime (laughs) soon, right?
1: It couldn't be in the Uh. opening minutes of the next fucking episode, right? Of course not. No, they would never do that. He's an established character now. Instead, we open with him doing his last clinic. Wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting how they do the character, like the how you learn the characters in this show because you basically start with a group of folks and then you just toss them after like the second episode. Yeah, developing new doomed characters. Yeah, then you start with a whole new group of people. But yeah, I I yeah, I mean, I <laughs> it's interesting. I, I asked you that question. I remember you giving that answer. Didn't think it was anything out of the way though. I mean, I wouldn't have expected the, the sheriff to kick off immediately. And the way they do the storytelling in this show. It's not like the character is gone, right? Like, so it's not like we won't see Holston again, but here we are. We are reviewing episode two of silo on Apple plus. I'm glad everybody that you're here with us. We had a pretty good response to our first episode, Spencer. And that's anytime we're doing a show like this, where we're not following it live, it's already been out there for about six, eight months. And then we jump into it and people join. uh, I can't tell you how pleased it makes me when people follow week by week and get back into the show with us because, uh, you know, it's not, it's not live, right? A lot of people are rewatching this just to join the conversation with us. Mm -hmm. It's thoroughly appreciated. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, subscribe, whatever podcast platform you are on and uh leave us a rating and review if you want to we really appreciate that stuff i read all that stuff i curate it i pr- i put it in like uh, you know the prime minister of london has the red box i give a red box to spencer every morning of podcast yes, comments that he comes in as prime minister with his tumbler of gin and cigar churchill-esque and he checks them out and he goes yeah. about his day
1: i find about find out about the current state of sri lanka what is, what is happening with respect to relations with tibet and of course what the, what, what is this the fan comments on our silo episode
0: So, yeah, I I curate everything. I I let Spencer know kind of the general gist of the feedback that we're getting. But I read every single one of those. So if you want to leave a rating or review, um, I will absolutely read it. And if you want to go to our social, you can go to Twitter, X, I guess, uh, at Mangum Talks or Facebook.com slash Mangum Talks and leave a comment there. I will respond and chat chat away with you. I enjoy doing that with the fans. But the issue at hand, Spencer, as we are jumping into episode two of Silo, this is Holston's pick. We are going to start with a recap. I'll lead the recap, as I do every week. Spencer will chime in, give us his thoughts, his ideas, maybe some theories along the way. But then we will go to best line of the episode, I and I alone, Emperor Best Line of the Episode. Spencer, however, every week, gamely, supplies me with nominees. Then we will jump into Silo Citizen of the Week, which I'm still just, I just love how that sounds. It's just I feel like a rapper. The alliteration. Silo Citizen of the Week very strong. So we will award a citizen of the week for silo, and then we will jump into theories and speculation time. And I actually joined Spencer for this, even though I have seen the whole season because I have not read the books. I do not necessarily know where the story is going long-term. So a lot of the stuff that we discuss in the theory section is more, um, broad than just like what's going to happen in the next five, 10 minutes of the Mm -hmm. show or the next immediate next episode of the show. Right. We're, we're discussing like larger, larger thoughts about how this world came to be in theories and speculation so i look forward to getting to that segment spencer anything you want to say before we jump into the recap looking forward to it man let's get going episode two holston's pick previously on is a lot about allison's journey her going outside george wilkins there's an engineer down there who says it's murder if that's really her down if that's really her there uh down there, anyway. I'm done. I'm done. It doesn't matter. I'm done. That's the sheriff, right? Please, sheriff. I want to go out Holston, and that's kind of where it ends, right? With um, our guy Marns hollering at Holston. Please, sheriff. Please, no. And then Holston yelling, "I want to go out." So we start with the tape wrapping around the suit. Spencer, as soon as you saw that, <laughs> you're like, holy shit! The damn, what? they're doing this. Well. What? The, Hol- it, there's a reason I picked the the best line in the episode, the one that I picked for last episode. It was, I don't know if you remember, I picked, it was Holston saying, if you if you say, if you boil the you, pack down to one thing, it's that if you say you want to go outside, you will fucking go outside. Guess what? Holston said it. He's going outside.
1: Right. There, there's no like, you know, several levels of appellate review that goes into verifying that you said the words. It's like, no, okay, we've got, we've got you budgeted for 8 a.m. tomorrow. Let's get you going. It's like, I was still grappling with that, like, through the moment that he dies, maybe quote unquote dies here in a little bit, because I kept assuming that they would cut and then we'd go to, oh, yeah, a year earlier. And eventually we'd come back to this point, maybe at the end of the episode or a couple episodes for now. But It's like, no, we're going to play this out before you get to see any more flashback. Thank you very much.
0: We start with the tape wrapping around the suit. Any spoken request to leave the silo was granted, but it is irrevocable. You have been asked to clean, and have been provided materials to do so. But you cannot be forced to cleaning. Once outside the airlock, you are outside the law. Mm-hmm. Have you any last words? And that's our, our lovely, trusty mayor delivering those words to Holston. And he just he just looks at her and says, "Sorry for all the fuss." And was, oh. that was hit me right in the feels, my friend.
1: When it comes to last words, I have always appreciated ones like those. They're surprisingly effective in their simplicity. <laughs>
0: Oh, and it, you could tell it hit the mayor too because her yes. head just dropped when he said it. They put the helmet onto him, and it's just Mars and the mayor. Mars and the mayor looking at him. They don't have anybody else back there but the deputy and the mayor. He then, in the suit, starts walking to the airlock. He touches Mars' shoulder as he goes. I don't know if you caught that, but he just kind of gave him a little squeeze, like see you buddy, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. We do, and then we get this voiceover as we're getting shots of the sheriff going out of the silo. We do not know why we are here. We do not know the silo. The words. We do not know why everything outside the silo is as it is. We do not know when it will be safe to go outside, Spencer. But what do we know? We know
1: that that day is not this day.
0: It is not this day. We get the first person to Holston mixed with some third person shots, too. Kind of some uh, drone shots kind of up above him him walking the stairs leaving the silo we see his face inside the helmet that's a that was a really cool i felt like effect the show did is we got the shot of his face from within the helmet so it looked felt very very personal right puts like mm-hmm. you right in the helmet with him um hard driving music is playing here we see the door open and he looks and we hear him breathe in he catches his breath and then the intro
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh you uh, want to know what he's saying Please Solitude. check back after the commercials. So oh, there's no commercials? Still check back anyway.
0: God, it was fantastic writing, right? It was like, oh, I have to see what he... And then we start with a beautiful shot up the silo, all the floors. And we see some folks walking down, going into the cafeteria. Very, very busy cafeteria. Watch party. Theater. And I think something we learned in this episode is that there are cafeterias at multiple levels. And all every cafeteria has the video feed. Mm-hmm. They okay. all are kind of structured the same.
1: It, it, this this isn't pay per view TV. They didn't have to pay for a special license to get the game on for this particular event. This is effectively mandatory watching.
0: I did do that. I was going to watch a football game the other night. By the way, podcast professional that I am, I watched the I, I did the the Mangum Talk Star Wars episode. If you're not following the Ahsoka series, it is ramping up and getting good, and we're following it over mm-hmm. on the podcast feed, Mangum Talk Star Wars. And I was doing the podcast as my favorite. Alumni, my my beloved football team, UNC was in uh, double overtime on the screen next to me. I'm doing I'm doing the podcast. Podcast <laughs> professional, friend.
1: This is a man who knows how to properly balance his interests.
0: Podcast professional. So anyway, the reason I say that we have similar cafeterias is because this cafeteria clearly is for the, the lower area, right? Because mm-hmm. Juliet is there. And Juliet walks in. She sits down next to another woman, and they're dressed differently than the people in the cafeteria that we saw in the last episode, where Holston and Allison were. Right? These folks are in tank tops. They're in like almost fatigues or camo, like sort of um, work, and sometimes like some overalls. And like they look like gritty. Like they have been doing work. It's much more utilitarian. These are people
1: that are here on they on their break from their day shift, rather than you know enjoying an extra long
0: lunch. In the background, we hear some folks chatting. One says, "Why'd he say it to the other?" Juliet looks at the other woman. They don't say anything. Then they look forward. I we hear this. I can't believe they're sending the sheriff out to clean. And that would be fucking wild, right? <clears throat> like he's the head of law enforcement, and and all, and then you just you're just going about your day, and you hear, "Oh, they sent the fucking sheriff out to clean." And then you're like trying to piece it together. Oh, I heard he wanted to go out. I don't know. That may be just a rumor. I can imagine this set the silo off.
1: It's effectively, at least in a way that they understand, the second most powerful person in government getting sent out to be executed. That's not something we really experience much in our day-to-day world.
0: Now, I completely agree that they think he's the second most powerful person in government. Totally do you isn't think he? Do you think he is? Not in the top 40. Not, not close is what we're no. learning.
1: We, we can't even see the top of that spire.
0: So the two men, one is the deputy who was on the lower level when they checked on George's body. So he's Mm -hmm. basically the deputy that they have on the lower level. And the other guy talking to him, I'll go ahead and tell you who this character is. We learn later. This is an engineer. This is Juliet's boss. He's basically the foreman on the the group that monitors the uh, generator. Which is fun because
1: we pointedly don't have have his name. We, I know this because in the script he's named Silo Resident Nine.
0: Oh, interesting. We do get his name later, I think. He becomes a little bit more. I mean, we just we just hear from him. He. How about he, this? He
1: he, he, he goes he's like over. The Sh- the, he's
0: the shift supervisor. It seems like. I'll give you this bit of spoiler. He uh, he goes over the five uh, five line. Max to become a relevant character in the script. Have you heard about this in the negotiations with the Actors Guild? Uh, no i've not heard it put in those terms before but. okay so they've got a thing that in their current deal i guess or whatever that like you have to speak five lines to be con- con- ah. considered like a material actor to get like a credit for it or whatever and for it hmm. to go against your insurance and all that stuff so they're that's part of the negotiation i learned that little detail
1: in, in star wars terms i like to phrase that as the wedge antilles you, you've you've gotten just enough lines just enough characterization of where the fan base is starting to love you
0: Yeah, he flips over the five, this guy eventually, but maybe not this episode. The deputy says once he said it, they didn't have a choice. Now, I think for that room, I don't know what's going on the rest of the side, but for that room, having the deputy there who says that the sheriff said it is probably like, I would think they believe that, right? I think that kind of quells that rumor. If the person associated with the sheriff's office says, no, he said it, he said it, and that's why he had to go out, they probably all take that as fact, I would think.
1: I think so, too. It's interesting to see how these guys process their current labors and expectations in society. We, we see elsewhere, the seeds of revolt are rapidly germinating. That There is dissent in the streets, people are arming themselves. But this crowd here does not seem to be in that group, despite the fact that they are, the, at least from a pure location perspective, the lowest of the low. There is a, a pride in their role that seems absent in other people.
0: And like somebody in the background goes, well, why would the sheriff want to go out? And it's like, if I was in this group, I'd be like, guys, are y'all fucking, what? Am I taking crazy pills? His wife went out. Her body's on the screen. He's going to her. Are you guys that stupid? That doesn't seem common knowledge, which is interesting. The
1: only person that actually, you know, expresses that is your new crush, Rebecca
0: Ferguson's character, Juliet. It's been three years. So maybe they forgot it or that, that, that detail just sort of faded.
1: Oh, either they forgot it, it faded, or it was never actually that popular of knowledge. They may not have purposely advertised that fact that it was the sheriff's wife that was going out.
0: Yeah, I like how you threw that thing in about me being me crushing on Juliet. Let me explain something. We all know it's uh, true. All the
1: signs what? are there.
0: It's not just me, it's America, my friend. America <laughs> loves Juliet. <laughs> We're all behind her. I, are you not? Are you not fascinated with this character yet? Is she not your fucking hero? Is she the hero we need, my friend?
1: I, I need more. I am fascinated. Yes, I am intrigued. She has not won my heart yet. I, I'm a much ah, tougher sell in that regard.
0: I can't fucking believe that she is a, she's a very popular character in the fandom. Uh, then we get his POV, and guess what, Spencer? He well, says, damn it, Allison, you were right, and it's a beautiful scene. Birds, green, lush. And he does exactly what Allison theorized, where he saw it and said they have to see and turn and went to the camera to clean to try to help people see what he was seeing. It's exactly what Allison proposed before she went out.
1: Beat for beat, to the point of almost being compelled, the point of almost being entranced in terms of going through this process. He is so caught off guard. He is so utterly utterly overwhelmed by the sights before him i don't think he has an emotional choice but to turn into clean and i think as allison called it there's a certain expectation associated with that
0: you were saying the name rebecca ferguson
1: that's the name of the actress
0: yeah ah that's why you were saying that name i was about to say this is juliet so juliet is watching him closely um and then he cleans. And it's exactly why Allison thought he would clean, right? Which we just covered. And then he, um, uh, We can, see some people. Can, uh, j- just to preemptively
1: offer it, I'm calling bullshit about everything we're seeing right here. Just putting it out there right now. Whoa, what? It, th- th- this is not. What he is seeing, I am saying, is not actually there. Or is being heavily altered. There is some fucking going on with respect to our imagery right now.
0: How can he be okay? All right, back up. We're, we're calling the hacks. first person. We're calling the. We're getting the first person from him. And I, he's just. I, he's just looking out of the helmet.
1: I, I'm. You I'm. Think the sa- helmet I'm,
0: is a screen.
1: I am saying that yes, my dominant theory right now is that a. It also is just. What first caught me off guard is like, oh, that's surprisingly bad CGI on that particular image. It's like, huh? I thought the show had a better budget than to have just an unnecessary CGI landscape transmitted through his helmet. But then that and several other things associated with that suddenly started giving me the idea that, wait, why aren't there any bodies? Why isn't there the body of his wife? Why is he physically moving the body of his wife on the image from the cafeteria, but can't seemingly see it when he's looking through his helmet lens? Why does it look so perfectly pristine? Why are the exact same V of birds flying over as we saw, apparently, in the recording of his wife? I'm... Of the view that what he's seeing through the helmet may not actually be necessarily what is there,
0: but you think what they're seeing in the cafeteria on that screen is real?
1: Yeah, I, I'm having a fun mix of ideas now. For I'm assuming they I'm still assuming the silo's murdering him. I'm still assuming it's actually poison in the suit rather than in the environment that is killing him right now. But I'm having a fun mix of ideas of where perhaps the world is a blasted landscape. It's just not a poisonous blasted landscape. <laughs> And they're in some ways giving him that image as if transmitted into his helmet. It's notable. We only ever see the outside world through the helmet. When he takes off the helmet, suddenly we just see now, we're not only looking at his face. We're not looking out from his face to any degree. And while we're seeing him, while we're seeing through his eyes through the helmet, we see the perfect landscape with not a single body to be in sight. And then suddenly when he takes the helmet off, that's when he goes straight for his wife and we see this possibly his wife's corpse move uh, in terms of the image from the cafeteria. So I'm still processing this, but my dominant view is they're, they're altering the image of what he's seeing through the suit, and that changes from his perspective when he takes the suit off. But I'm still assuming that the suit's the thing that's killing him rather than the environment.
0: Yeah, but let's get back to what you think the world really looks like. You think it is a hellscape?
1: I think in some ways, yeah. The world is actually a hellscape. Or, um, that he, what he is seeing as the perfect and pristine world is not actually real. I just don't think it's poisonous. It's like you know, the world can be blasted as all shit, but it doesn't have to be imminently lethal.
0: Then we see. So, yeah, we we had we did struggle with what could possibly be.
1: I, 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 you, you in the hit, air, yeah You would hit before some element of You know, like starving for air or whatever else Is like The speed by which he's dying it, In my mind, again, the, the suit itself Or something they're doing to him as he's going out Is poisoning him, rather than the environment itself Particularly since he doesn't okay. seem to die Particularly faster once he actually just takes off The helmet <laughs>
0: Okay, so you covered a lot of what happened there, which is where he he walks out, he sees the green, he starts to gasp for breath, he takes the helmet off. We never see first person again after he takes the helmet off. We never see from his perspective when we were getting the first person any body. We never saw that. However, when we cut back to the cafeteria, the screen on the cafeteria, it does appear that once he takes the helmet off, he does make a beeline to the body. And it looks like from that image that he touches the body and falls right next to it.
1: That, that was the main thing I was looking for. Because, again, when he has the helmet on, we don't see a sign of that body out there. Nothing. Like, you know, st- straight up, if it was a perfect, pristine landscape, there'd still be a suit. There, there'd still be some, probably, elements of it unless you know, scavengers had, had gone and removed it. Um, but when he's moving there back to the cafeteria, his last act is to reach out, and we very much see the hand of what is apparently his wife's corpse move in response to him hitting it. Um, another thing just from an architecture standpoint did you know what it, the camera looks like from his point of view Mm-mm. it's this weird almost like you know stonehenge like little presentation pedestal uh, oh yeah to,
0: there's a there's a cover to it too it's a, covered but in stone yeah
1: but it, it's very much stone and it's very much this like little plith that it's it, it's placed on top of like you're know, very much like you know something that Indiana Jones would find in a temple that he was raiding kind of thing. It's very... Well, the
0: camera's been there for at least 140 years.
1: Presumably, they didn't carve it out of stone, though. This seems like there's a certain element of intent associated with how this is made to look like.
0: Oh, for, well, yeah. I mean, I guess what I was getting at is that maybe they thought the camera was there for the long haul, so they wanted a real weatherized cover, in, and so stone sure. would work for that. Um, I I don't know, man. When I, when I first saw this, I thought that the I thought there was a good chance that the body wasn't really there Mm. and that they were manipulating the image on the screen to show him go to the body because that's a really tight clean explanation for what clean haha for why the mayor Mm. would want to leave right or no the sheriff would want to leave so if you show him beeline to the body die kills over End of story then. Oh, well, he wanted to go out to see his wife. He saw his wife. They both died together. End of story. Let's forget this. Um, I felt like that would be a easy thing for them to manipulate if they're manipulating on the screen and a tight little story for the populace.
1: And I'm I'm suspecting layers within layers of different manipulation happening to different people, including directly us, the audience. It driven in large part because, again, from what view we get of him. Looking out through the lens of the, of the suit helmet, we don't, I, at least I didn't, see anything resembling his wife's body on that hill.
0: No, nothing. I saw no bodies, as a matter of fact. No, because remember, it wasn't one. just it's his wife's body that hill. we can see. There were multiple bodies that we can see on the camera. Or at least on the screen that we're seeing in the cafeteria. There were multiple bodies up there and his and Allison, right? We don't see any of those.
1: so, So either it is just perfectly coincidental that he just happens to end up perfectly where the corpse is on the camera feed that's not there from his perspective and just perfectly moves the hand at the last moment. Or he only sees it once he takes off the helmet and that's why he goes in that direction. Or again, they're it's just manipulating image. the image just to have yeah. that kind of perfect little romantic gesture, just to you know inspire shippers everywhere. But again, they're not advertising that it's the wife, so why would they do that then?
0: Well, it's not really shipping, right? They were married. What I mean, for, <laughs> the for ship the sake, is there; it's know, done. But it for the sake
1: of star-crossed lovers and like myth kind of thing, like you know, reunited in the stars of Greek mythology well, kind of thing.
0: It's, it works, right? Because like when they, but see they're not him advertising movie, it. <laughs> But when they see him move toward the body, someone goes, where is he going? And Juliet answers to be with his well, wife. Like, people she, think that immediately.
1: Because she has outside knowledge, though, that everybody else lacks from the meeting over the course of the year or whatever else that we get to see
0: here in a minute. Well, she didn't meet. She only met with him once, right? Because, like, she, it, they, they talked that she never sees him again.
1: Assuming she's telling the truth, which I think she is, which, again, other of the things I wasn't expecting in terms of my anticipations of the last episode, that they would only meet once.
0: I'll tell you one thing I'm enjoying so far is that this show, and I think it's probably partially how the show is being presented, but I think it's also the, definitely the genre, has you as skeptically punching as I've ever seen you. I, I mean, we've a I lot of shows. I've never seen you like, I, I, I get through a line of text and you're like, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we believe that if we don't believe that and i don't blame you at all this dude. is the, this is the type of storytelling we're engaged in here where it's like piecemeal and you know you have to kind of make sense of it all but it's hilarious watching you just be skeptical of every fucking thing
1: dude, dude i'm literally in the act of doubting that the sky is blue that is what i'm doing right now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you are and that great grass is green <laughs> it's all bullshit it's all fucking bullshit uh so yeah she says to be with his wife um and then we see the video feed he falls down stop moving we hear in the cab cafeteria sheriff's dead what do we do now then juliet storms off and says this fucking liar he's a fucking liar
1: and if we believe and we're going to debate this on theories a little more later if we believe that she's not lying that she only met with him once which again we only have the statement that she offered to a woman that she already lied to like three times with in that one conversation so sure I'm willing to believe that she's lying to the mom from both Ted Lasso and Succession. It's what people do. Um, I need to look up the name of that actress if she's going to keep on showing up in shows that we watch. Oh, Um, I got her. I got her. I'll look it up right now. Please. Um, If we believe she's telling the truth, which I actually think that she is, the only thing she could seemingly be lying about was the whole idea that he would eventually follow up with her on the subject of looking into George's death, which he never ends up doing, apparently. That she knows about, she's eventually going to find out that he decided to do something that I guess is the ultimate helping helping her follow up, naming her sheriff.
0: All right, so we've got Harriet Walter is her name, and she was the mother of Kendall, Shiv, and Roman in succession.
1: And also the mother of Rebecca in Ted Lasso. That's her. Uh, she, she's a quality
0: actress because she's she, oh, uh, just yeah. for the
1: sake of accents. This is this is a this is a further demonstration that British actors just do just do accents better than American actors. I feel.
0: Yeah, well, so we'll, we'll get to her scene. But then we see, we see go back to the recap, and we see a couple start to fight, and a couple people start to fight in the cafeteria. Our, mm-hmm. our two guys chatting earlier break it up. Juliet's boss stands up and says, "That is fucked, mm-hmm. no question." And by the way, like this guy already. This, he's, he's speaking my language i, I like I, I like this guy already
1: i'm gonna offer already this guy's in my top three for employee of the episode in terms of style so member of the episode because th- this is a guy who does his role visibly well
0: he's really really good but and he come back to what he was saying but it is no excuse for us to lose our shit if anybody's gonna fight over a share of beans and not to clean, let him clean. Uh, let them clean up uh, and fight up in the top or in the mids here. In the down deep, it's none of our business. Our business is keeping the lights on, keeping the generator running, keeping the silo alive here in the down deep. Down deep is in um, capitals, right? Mm-hmm. And so is the uh, up top. Up top is in capitals too. So I Proper think like the phrasing, phrasing that they use for each other. He says, we'll just get shit done. Okay, okay. And he roused the fucking crowd yeah. up, right? You, you you want to see the kind of person
1: that keep that makes society run? It's this kind of guy. That makes you that keeps people happy and excited and proud in their position regardless of what it is. This is the you know, the sergeant at arms that keeps the lights on, truly.
0: Yeah, I mean he's a boss and he knows when he has to try to inspire, right? And this oh, is a yeah. moment to try to get people to rally around a common cause it- and for them, in the down deep The common cause is keeping that fucking generator running. That is the reason to be in this organization.
1: And it 100% works, aided by the fact that Juliet has already left the room and is separately, for different reasons, screaming back in the generator room.
0: She's screaming and screaming in the generator room. Notice that um, she clearly has an emotional or difficult reaction to seeing the sheriff Whatever it, happened to the sheriff. So To an she extreme goes, degree compared to what notice similar that relationship she, they had. That's all. That's a fair assessment. Like you're wondering why is she that upset. But she goes straight to the generator when she's upset. Mm-hmm. I think that's something to, to note. And Comfort she screams zone. and screams and screams. And she throws something. And when she throws something, she actually springs a leak down there. Uh, just for the record, I felt
1: like this is a remarkably revealing scene about how utterly precarious this world is. That just the act of tossing a wrench... Breaks something to that degree. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it does. It,
0: she has to weld it back together. Th-
1: th- this is a world that is being held together by pins and needles, that the fact of just tossing a wrench b- breaks a valve and water starts high pressure spraying everywhere.
0: So I just love this entire concept, right? I'll take a moment to, to talk about it. Is that you've got the generator, which powers the entire silo. Mm-hmm. The generator is well over 140 years old. It's probably in the hundreds. two, three hundred, hundreds of years old, right? It's clearly difficult to keep, act, keep, keep um, running and going. And there's a bunch of people committed to it, and it's dirty, grimy, difficult work. However, up top, they just take it for granted. And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, of course the lights on. But but it, the entire thing is on a fucking knife edge because if those fucking Folks in the down deep can't figure out the generator, fail, quit, die, what the fuck ever. The lights go out. What does this organization do without power in the silo? Everybody's got to go outside well, first or they die.
1: The, first, they submit an IT complaint report uh, that uh, the internet's down. They start They start there. Uh, and then if that doesn't work, uh, chaos and eating your neighbors, I think.
0: I submitted those. one of those at work today. I submitted a, a, a help desk and, ticket.
1: And, and, and if it's not fixed within 20 minutes, you look around your various coworkers and decide who you're going to eat first, because that's about the edge of you know stability, the veneer of stability that society runs on.
0: I got him, though, because the, the guy called me and he was like, yeah, yeah, well, so when you got the email with the link in it, and I was like, I didn't get that. I got a, a direct email from somebody in your organization that said, do X. He said, no, no, I couldn't have, because that's wrong. So I said, OK, forwarding now. <laughs> Forwarded it to him. <laughs> oh, and he oh. said, oh, OK, yeah, that person was wrong. Oh, it was like it was a it was a huge win for me. I got to say,
1: it's a solid win. Also, just you know, credit to that guy that he was so willing to admit, yeah, that, that that shouldn't have happened. Let me fix it. Let me, let me fix it now.
0: So then, I immediately find that guy's name and start looking him up on the staff directory to see if he's still there. He's been fired or whatever. Not <laughs> oh, anymore.
1: Now whose life anymore. did you ruin today with your email? I, he was
0: already gone. He was already gone. It wasn't me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it
0: was for giving so, out bad that, instructions for how to download Adobe on your machine.
1: Again, Lee is a manager in action. People dying for the sake of his internet on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, it's, it's important. You know, when I walk over puddles, people just lay down. Did you know that? I've just, visibly seen lay down that. down so you, I can, I can there, step there, on their back. It's pretty there, amazing. There
1: have been times of a visiting in Nashville where you just had the instinctual desire to just push me in front of you because there wasn't one of your drones there, there to do it.
0: You might as well call me the IT director. <laughs> <laughs> or judicial. I'm judicial. Oh, tomorrow uh, To to Marns, who sees the sheriff's badge and note, this is what Holston left in his office. He is disrupted by someone off camera saying, we've been getting more alerts about people lining up at recycling, trying to get their hands on pipes, hammers. That's not a good sign. Marnes says people are boneheads and um, they're scared. He says he's going to check in with someone on the radio, uh, offers to get him something from the cafeteria. Marnes uh, tells this lady to go home. She lingers a little bit. And says he really loved her, if you're wondering why. And Marn says, Yeah. I wanted to get to that before we stopped and talked because I Please. wanted to reinforce that 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 what they saw on the screen of him going to his wife and holding her hand, not only did it hit our girl, mm-hmm. Juliet, it seems to have hit this person. Yeah, it's created the narrative throughout the silo. He, I know why he did it. Trust me, he went to go be with his wife.
1: Which, again, if you want to assign the idea that almost nothing that we saw from the perspective of the looking out was accurate, it does feed into that narrative. At least the narrative of the people that knew him. Because- I would have
0: believed it. I'm, I'm harping on this because if I'd have seen it, I would have said open and shut case. I know, if, why, I did, I know why this guy did this. If
1: you're up in the mids or the, or the up top, because you know him, it seems like down below, they don't, they weren't clued into that aspect of the lore.
0: Yeah. If I, I mean, if I didn't know that his wife had gone out, right. But if I knew yes. that information, I would be, I would have pieced that together as fact for sure. 100%. 100% um, sure. And she walks away. We get some dreary music and Marnes reads the letter. Cut to Marns, the cafeteria. Uh, He's wh- walking sort of wh- in a haze. Wh- wh- which... We'll have Martins read
1: the letter later, so you know we don't have to we don't have to reveal it now. But I did like they paused long enough so that I could diligently try to pause to read it, assuming that they wouldn't tell me what it was later.
0: Could you get the text? Because I tried, I couldn't do it. Did you get I, I, it?
1: I, I, diligently moving one frame at a time, I was able to get it. Cause I was assuming were you on a computer. We, I was on a computer. Yes.
0: Ah, uh, that's probably how you're probably zooming in and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I tried to do it. Very zooming hands going on here. Yes. Yeah, that's usually and, my my thing.
1: Well, and it was in the category of I've been hurt before, and I just assumed that they wouldn't give me this information on a platter like they do later, so I had to mine it.
0: Yeah, not not, not that type of show. So he walks out at the screen, sees the two bodies. Um, It cuts back to Juliet. This is Martin. who sees the two bodies, and he Mm. clearly looks at them, right? Cut back to Juliet, who is fixing the leak she caused with some sort of, like, welding machine. She seems very handy. Cut to the silo, folks walking around. We pan up a level. I will say one thing this show does incredibly well is it makes the f- silo feel real. This up shots, the down shots, the panning, the showing, like they don't just show you a person walking. They show you a person walking and two or three levels, you know, around them as the camera pans out. I feel like it's a real place in watching. I feel like they did a great job with that.
1: 100% and one of the little features that makes that work, and they emphasize it later, the number of um, couriers that are just constantly moving. That there's always a few of them in every shot because there'd have to be. These aren't just Amazon employees; they are the basic truckers making every aspect of commerce and society. The truckers. Work that's a great yes.
0: point. The porter, the porters are truckers. That's what it is. Yeah. Very much understood
1: um, that. A question, by the way. You yeah. are the mayor or the sheriff of a ten thousand. You said this is a ten thousand person community. Ten like thousand people. Yeah. You get a report saying that citizens are emptying out stores to get weapons. Would you be anywhere near as flippant as the sheriff as the, as the sheriff's department appears to be in, in uh, with respect to that news? It's like I feel like they're being way too casual on the subject of the citizenry are arming themselves with pipes.
0: Yeah, I mean, they first off, I, I assumed that they had gotten some sort of similar message like this before, right? Because if this is the first time you've ever heard that people are doing that, they would have they would have freaked out. They'd have shut down recycling. They'd had people down there, but like. I got the impression that like, this is just kind of a thing that happens when people people are unsettled that they, well, they, when they, they feel unsettled, they want protection. So they go try to get something to protect themselves. Like, you know, and they cut, they're constantly refreshing this real or not real. I'm not sure. Memory of the rebellion, right. That like Hmm. all hell's going to break loose and people are going to try to open the door and everything. So if that's your, the, the history cycle that you're constantly spinning in, um, then you you likely would think, oh man, I gotta I gotta make sure I'm protected here.
1: It's it's not good, but it's old hat enough that they've gotten blasé to it.
0: Yeah. So we pan up a level to the mayor, who is also knitting. My wife loves this little little detail about the mayor. How I she assumed. A I
1: specifically yeah. thought Sarah, like, oh, Sarah's going to be attached to this
0: character already. Look at that. She loved it, and I I personally loved it. That she knits in part because what she used to do is every 10th baby, she would hand knit as the mayor a like a little shirt or onesie or something for the newborn, which is a, I mean, her PR is just out of this fucking world. Shout out to the mayor.
1: We can see why she's a long term official with that kind of personal gesture. Fantastic. It it also does confirm that there are specific limits of 250 babies a year in terms of the measured population control this world operates under.
0: And that, that shakes out to about, if you, if you do the math, that shakes out to replenishing about 10,000 people um, yeah. over
1: the court, measured out of generations. That number fits perfectly for a 10,000 person community. Yeah.
0: And she's Marnes says he's a size medium. She says maybe 20 years ago. Hey, question for you. What do you, you were shipping hard the Marnes and the mayor. How, where do you land after this episode?
1: There's no issue of shipping anymore. These two are an old married couple. It's like, this well, they're is not, key.
0: they're not out. They're not they're not official
1: uh, old married couple in the metaphorical sense. It's no it's it's not shipping if it's utter, if it's utterly just canon at this point. And I don't think they're making much of an effort to hide that there may be sort of in the same context that uh, what was it George and Juliet were on the lower
0: levels maybe and they share a laugh so she says the jensen baby is due next week she talks about how she used to knock out 25 of these a year now she's lucky if she gets five at 25 that was one for every 10th kid so now that was 250 so now she does five so that's what one every 25th 25th child or something uh no one every 50th child
1: can you get confirmation from sarah by the way of whether that is a hell of a lot of knitting because that felt like a hell of a lot of knitting to do basically in just your spare time
0: you would be, and I've seen this now firsthand, right? Because my wife is a knitter, right? That, You'd that, be shocked like, at the you know, the sheer output that knitters can do because they will do it all day long. They'll do it when they're, it, I mean, if they're not actively typing memory. at work, they're not do actively typing at work. They can do it at work. They do it while they're watching TV. They do it while they're having coffee in the morning, while having a drink at night. Every, I mean, it's constant. The output is impressive from these folks. I, okay. I, I believe that she could get that out for sure. Two, so two she plus baby sweaters wants a month. She asked if he wants a drink. He says, yeah. She says, well, a day like this today, we get the good stuff. Uh, she says what she's pouring him comes from before the rebellion, which has to be really scar- scarce in that organization.
1: That's not just good stuff. That's like historical relic. Like literally, I suppose that's an historical relic.
0: She says maybe before everything. Pause, Spencer. What does that mean? Maybe th- before everything. I, I think she's implying
1: that this came in with them when they first came into the silo.
0: I think that's what but, she's implying, too, which, is that it was, it, was, it was maybe bottled when the world lived outside.
1: Like, th- th- this is like, you know, you pulled this off a shipwreck that went down in the Renaissance kind of thing in terms of, like, you know, level of di- level of separation from the modern world.
0: So he, uh, he says, thank you. They get their glasses. I have my, my trusty Diet Coke that I always drink for a podcast here. I'm going, <laughs> to, I'm gonna, I'm going to cheers uh, Holsten Becker as well. Cheers to Holsten I, Becker.
1: I, I, I have an energy drink because I desperately need it. I will do the same.
0: <laughs> and they drink. And they look solemn. He asked her who she's going to pick for the next sheriff. That is the question. That is the question du jour. She says, I'm not looking at him. And she's like almost frustrated that he asked. And he says, look, I'll help break in the next one. But i'm going to retire and she looks around kind of nervous by that i really appreciated they went in that direction with this character
1: and didn't go into that kind of unnecessary tension associated with you know him feeling slighted that um, holston didn't pick him he doesn't even want the job that's not what he's after here he's just trying to do what best to support the mayor person he cares about but also the community in terms of ensuring the process of transition goes smoothly
0: yeah. So you're not like, so our audience knows and they probably know because most of our audience follows us from podcast to podcast. If you have a, a general discussion about like work behaviors or your relationship with work or how much you work or when you work or when you're going to retire, or wh- any of that, Spencer yes, cannot yes, 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 be involved. Spencer cannot be involved in the conversation. <laughs> He's a fucking alien. Who's going to be just chained to his desk. He works all the time. So I'll talk first person on this. Go on. Uh, um, I've had my job for about fifteen years. you have, and I think you're longest I,
1: among all of us in terms of work continuity,
0: and i I already feel like the idea of taking a different role would be maybe at forty more than I can handle. I can't like i this is absolutely realistic for me that you would be at that part of your career. And like, yes, he's been a deputy for a long time, but a sheriff is a different job than what he's done. Very and the nice. idea of like, I'm going to take on and learn a new job now and like started basically start a new career. No, I don't think I'm in, I'm in on that. And like, I could see myself in like 10 years, if like, you know, the company says, oh, well we want you to do X, which is in another part of the company, but it's a big promotion, but it's a different thing. I'd say no, like, I think I'm good. Like I, I I'm kind of exhausted and I, I, it was so, I'm with you. I really liked that they didn't just plug him in and that he was like, like, oh yeah, I can't wait to what? serve. This is uber realistic to me.
1: It fits a lot better with the character we've seen so far. It also just fits with the age and the place where the character is in time. I mean, I just looked it up. Will Patton, the, char- the actor is 69. And I think that's about kind of where they're putting the character too. This is an old dog that's not yeah, he's looking older. to learn a new trick right now.
0: It's also important because they need desperately to keep the position open yes. to nominate the silo version of Barack Obama, because that's what we got here in our girl, Julia. I mean, she is, yes, we can Spencer. Yes, we can. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, yes, and, it's we it, can.
1: and it's interesting in terms of level of what I'm just going to call civilian control in terms of like the mayor and the sheriff compared to judicial or what I'm almost assuming is military control. Basically that yeah. judicial allows her the fiction of picking the next mayor. Of picking the next sheriff, but judicial what? Wa- well, but here's what I mean: she gets to pick legitimately, but judicial wants to control who she gets to pick from.
0: That's true. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's a good distinction. I agree. But yes, she this Is this is a one part of her being a mayor that is strange because it does seem like judicial controls everything, or at least that's the impression we're getting early on. Yeah. But she does seem to be able to make the pick of sheriff on her own. Like right. this does seem to be her pick. Well it's she's I
1: she make she has an open acknowledgement of what the limitations on her position are and what the actual power judicial wields and because she has that perspective she can be effective in her position. It's a yes. nice balance.
0: You got to know what you don't know. You got to you know like uh, that's my big mantra in life. Like I I want to be around people who know what they don't know and like she in a, in the political uh, machinations of this world knows what power she has and what power she doesn't have. And that that's very well. So she says the tapping Holston was easy because his, rep- his rep- person before Picked uh, him. nominated, nominated Holston, right. But Holston didn't retire. So now she thinks judicial is going to try to slip one of their people into the post. Their people. I like that phrasing. That was interesting to me. Their people.
1: Uh, the judicial would very much like to control who the next Supreme court nominee is right now and very much limit the options that the uh, mayor is getting to pick from.
0: Yeah. So she says Holston didn't say anything to you. Marn shakes his head no. Now he's he's bordering on lying here. He, he's, he you can tell he's flirting with not telling her at all because she says Holston didn't say anything to you, and he shakes his head no. That's tech. This is a this is an eye to eye situation. Shout out Wheel of Time. It's a technical technically telling the truth, but kind of bullshit.
1: Which is interesting. Why do you assume? Do you assume? I'm curious your thoughts. You you may know more later, but at this moment. Did you think he was going to lie here? Did you think he was going to bury it here? Yes. I did too, and I was going to be disappointed if they went that route. I find it much more refreshing, again, that no, in character, he's struggling with it because it's just that friggin' weird and he wants to look at it a little bit more. But he's planning on telling her later once he's actually vetted this a little more. Yeah. He He probably doesn't even remember who the hell Juliet is when he first saw that letter.
0: No, she says she's been looking through the mayor's ledger, birth, death, how much water was used that year. How many computer cables was anyone sent out so far? Not a single instance of a mayor sending a sheriff out to clean. He tries to reassure her, but she goes, look, I didn't bring it up to feel sorry for myself. I'm bringing it up because I want to know I want precedent place. I want precedent. And I, and what she's really searching for is what caused the rebellion. Yeah. Was it this? Right. That's her. That's probably her um doomsday scenario is that this is what caused the rebellion right
1: yeah somebody popular somebody relevant somebody charismatic went out and the world erupted with
0: that she says before whatever caused the rebellion he says you worry it was a cleaning and she says she worries about instability and he says that's why we need a new sheriff a A -A asap and she seems to agree cut to the recycling center
1: agreed and we see a lot of messages later that People are actively clamoring for a sheriff now. Like, you know, police oh, yeah. scanners are constantly going with, when are we picking a sheriff? S- streets are getting a bit wild here. When's the sheriff coming?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that part of what the sheriff does, and the sheriff, and it's, it's a, a wonderful callback to like how America used to sort of operate from a municipal government perspective, that when the, 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 when there were, it was more common to live in a smaller community That had less of a police force and more reliance on your county sheriff. The sheriff was among a figurehead in a sense that he also did some management of the populace. Mm -hmm. Like he would go around and like calm people down if they were worked up, he would inspire if he needed to inspire. He would cut down if he needed to cut somebody down. He was almost like managing the populace of his area. And that's what we kind of sense Holston was doing, right? People look to him for a sense of how the silo was doing.
1: Yeah, with an important association with that being that he is one of them. He is elevated from among the ranks. He's not an outsider. He's not coming from the state or the county. Judicial. He's an elected figure from among the people and represents them in some shape or form, even if he's enforcing the laws concerning them. And that's an important part of the image to think that they've got that level of, you know, the guy on the end of the block is the one that's speaking for us and enforcing the rules.
0: He doesn't walk around in like pleather and bald head. Like uh, he, they he, gotta look, he, don't they? He is not common. He,
1: Good God is this common at his most common. It's was like, oh, common, you just walked off the setup of John Wick right now, didn't you?
0: So we're about to see that scene, right? So cut to the recycling center. Some guy takes a sledgehammer. Next guy wants it from him. A fight breaks out. Uh, someone runs over to help In comes a few guys in black pleather Shit judicial they say and they He addresses Deputy Brooks So one of the guys down there who was trying to break this up Was a deputy uh, Deputy of the, one of the lower levels And Brooks says Mr. Sims I've got this mm-hmm. under control Common's name is Mr. Sims Sims orders his folks to quote get the names So cut to Kindle, uh, Shiv and Roman's mother Then people getting disappeared later Maybe who knows we'll see Kindle and Roman's mother, who is behind a desk working on something, she is a mousy little character in this. It's like uh she seems to have shrunk a foot for the role. Seems like even shorter as she's sitting uh, there what, behind what's her the, workbench.
1: What's the name of that little alien race in uh, the Mandalorian that you like that fix robots? The little tiny dudes. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. She, she's the, one uh, of them, basically. <laughs> it is known <laughs> that guy. Oh yeah, yeah
1: uh, fine. She's an Ughnot. Yes.
0: Ugnot. That's what I like. Oh no, zellens is what you do. Uh, yeah. Either of those work. Yes. <laughs> bad baby, bad baby. And she's uh, she's hearing from the radio chatter about the sheriff. She hears this quote: "The deputy asked me to make sure we have enough ammunition." Sheesh. Again, this isn't good. <laughs> no, it's not. She keeps t- kind of tweaking the the frequency of the radio station, probably to try to. Catch more conversations, hear more about what's going on. Uh, akin to maybe channel surfing in the silo, basically.
1: She's got a police scanner, and it doesn't seem like this is legal to the point that she hides it from somebody that she trusts. Here in a second.
0: Cut to Juliet who walks into her door. Juliet immediately walks in, like the angry teenager, you know, sort of role, and <laughs> just grabs something, <clears throat> pulls it out, and starts slamming things. And she goes, "What are you doing?" She says, what does it look like I'm doing?" looks like you showed up in a bad mood and now you're taking it out on that toaster. She says, I'm fixing it. She says, you've been coming here since you were 13. To fix shit so you don't have to deal with shit. Well said. So I, so I guess that gives us a little bit of a background here, background here that Juliet at age 13 started to come visit this lady and apparently uses her as a sort of work therapy type thing. Mm-hmm. So she asked if this has anything to do with, quote, what you said after the sheriff cleaned
1: work Everything gets, gets around quick
0: just because Shirley came by last night she said you stormed out yelling he lied i don't think i was lying yelling i uh, here's something i love about juliet she attacks the premise she attacks the premise <laughs> and she she does not give on the premise right if you're like hey juliet i heard last night you killed someone she'd be like wasn't last night
1: can, can you hear me sighing right now? Can you just <laughs> hear me it, sighing it. in response
0: to this? <laughs> it's like, God, it would just frustrate the shit out of you at a deposition. It's like, okay, all right, but you're saying you did kill somebody? Yeah, but you said night. It was not night. No, nope, uh, I think you got that wrong. Okay, morning. wasn't morning either. Damn it, Julia.
1: Okay, open-ended question. When did you say that? I didn't really say it. It was more of like, you know. okay, I'm done. Wh- wh- I muttered, wh-
0: yeah. <laughs> So the lady, her name is Martha Walker, says that Juliet, coming into her place, using her tools, that's a privilege. And I'd like to say something. From this interaction here that we see with Juliet, I don't know why I feel compelled to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's my podcast. Mm-hmm. It seems like Juliet is taking her relationship with Martha for granted. Yes. And that's bullshit. So. Don't, don't do that to people. That's not great. Like If you catch yourself doing that, like try to slip out of that. Like Martha's a person who has concerns and cares. We just saw that she's listening to the radio scanner, hearing some really wretched shit and is probably scared herself. Juliet is thinking about nothing but herself in this situation. She's not cultivating the friendship. She's just leeching off of it. And shout out to Martha for calling her out.
1: Uh, And in recognition of that man, the next time that you invite me to stay over to your house and I enjoy your hospitality, I promise I will try to lose fewer than four pairs of socks randomly around your home.
0: I hear that you have a problem of sort of collecting things at your house, that you just sort of collect things and you have trouble sort of finishing them or getting rid of them. Matter of fact, I've got some inside intel. Spencer, how many jars of peanut butter do you have in your fridge right now?
1: Uh, Well, if I consolidated them, they would fit into one jar. And that is the story I'm going to go with.
0: Do you want to tell the audience why you have three jars of peanut butter? Uh, this is much This the- is actually a callback. This is a great callback because we had a long conversation on the Mangum Talks podcast, which is a really fun podcast we do with just the four folks who run this podcast network, and we talk about general interest things. I can't remember when the podcast was, but we we got into how people store and keep peanut butter one time. Yes, and we you did. shared with everybody. A fascinating story that you keep it in the fridge, but you would take it out and set it on the counter for a couple hours before you use it. Yep, yep. For those that don't know or haven't listened to that,
1: I like the Smucker's Natural Peanut Butter. It's just peanuts and salt and a little bit of oil just put together. That's all it is. And so it is finicky as shit in terms of trying to get it to actually reach a productive state. So, yeah, you set it out for a little bit. You let it settle and the oil diffuse through and then you enjoy it. It's the best peanut butter that's commonly available on the market. However, there's just a certain point of when it effectively just becomes peanut brittle in your fridge. And, you know, that has certain appeal when you enjoy it. Sometimes you're not always in the mood for it. In which case, you open a different jar of peanut butter and store it in there. And then sometimes your girlfriend realizes and calls you out to, you know, co-workers on the subject of the (laughs) fact you've got three (laughs) partially different stages of evolution jars of peanut butter in your fridge. All the same brand, all the same size jar.
0: It's so funny to me that you have three jars of the same peanut butter. And, same and, and different stages in, in different stages because you can't you can't use one because it's it's obviously in the fridge, right? And you you'd be just killing your bread, so you have to open a new one and then the process repeats. I just have this like image, cartoonish image of you opening the fridge and like like Kramer-esque, like just peanut butter just falling out <laughs> hitting you in the face. It it is if it
1: gets to be too many more jars, there's going to be a wing of the fridge dedicated to nothing but peanut butter. And even I will acknowledge that something has gone on too far at that point.
0: I've got to tell you, I really racked my brain for how I was going to fit peanut butter into this podcast.
1: <laughs> and I offered you socks as a different set of mine. That's to get the that only
0: thing. I, I felt like that was a, like a 1% window and I had to take it because there was nothing in this episode. They don't eat. There's no food. There's no nothing that I could have worked this in with.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you did it, man. You did it organically. Like the peanut butter I enjoy.
0: <laughs> anyway, but back to the, the relationship here. I do like that Martha calls her out says, look, it's, it, it's a privilege to come here. So to keep that privilege, you got to tell me what's going on. You got to talk to me. Juliet looks up frustrated, says she won't. One thing I think that Martha knows about Juliet is that she clams up. And that she's an introvert and that Absolutely. she is, Can't she's push not, her too much. she doesn't, she doesn't she, yeah, right. But I think Martha, that's a good point. She doesn't push her too much, but I think Martha sees that Juliet really needs to get things out. Like it's imperative that she do that. So that's why she's trying to pull this out of her. Right. Martha says, you didn't come here to mend a toast. You came here to talk. This is when Juliet's about to walk out the door. She's like, "Gotta got up to leave. She says, I know that's hard for you. When she says, I know that's hard for you. I don't know if you caught it, but it seems to stop Juliet in her tracks. She pulls back and puts her, kind of drops her head. Martha offers her to sit back down with the sort of like the hand, open hand, sort of universal. The universal please sit gesture that we've all Uh adopted across the whole world. And says, okay, fine. Take your time. Juliet sits down and says, it's about George. Martha says, well, it's been three months since he died. Are you saying he lied? Juliet says, no, Holston died. So there we go. We got confirmation. Hol- Holston lied. She says, lied. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, he also died. He died <laughs> and lied.
1: Look at that. Maybe. I'm still we'll a see. rapper.
0: Still, <laughs> I doubt still everything. a rapper on this podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, he may, yeah, who knows if he died, but he definitely lied. So that's who Juliet's talking about, right? We did get confirmation that when she stormed out of the cafeteria and she said, he lied, he lied, she was still not Holston. Mm-hmm. Martha clarifies that Juliet still thinks George didn't kill himself. Juliet is sure he did she's like why and he says well she says the last time i saw him he really wanted to show me something she says they were celebrating cooper becoming her shadow and george was always paranoid because we weren't sanctioned first time we heard that phrase Mm -hmm. so he never came to these things so sanctioned is basically just like filing with the powers that be that you're in a relationship
1: um Cool. so what, what let's yeah that, that is very much what I'm interpreting sanction domain similar question being raised with respect to the mayor and and, and, de- and the deputy right now uh in terms of shadow I basically assume that your jobs particularly here at the lower levels are almost like that kind of like peasant surf thing of where they're basically generational or you know like you've you your mother your mother was an engineer your grandmother was an engineer so you're an engineer kind of thing and this guy is now in the process of learning the trade under her through shadowing her.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I assume, too. Then we get a flashback, right, to this party that Juliet is referencing. Cooper walks up to him, greets him. He's been drinking. He's one of those. And you can tell he's a guy that doesn't normally drink because, like,
1: you— he's not doing well with it.
0: Yeah. At least in my experience, like the people who aren't used to drinking when they, when they start drinking, love to tell you that they've been drinking, Mm -hmm. but the people who drink a lot do the exact opposite. They try to hide it. They're like, yeah, it's it's good. I've only had like one, you know, whatever this guy newbie. Right. So someone grabs coop to take care of him, get him some water, you know, get him, get him chilled. Uh, George walks over over to Juliet who smiles at him and offers him cake. Now we'll say, Juliet seems tough nut to crack. She seems difficult. I just got on her about taking her relationship with Martha for granted. But when she's opening up to George, it is really charming to me.
1: Well, and it shows just why she can't get past this, why she can't buy the official narrative, how much this has affected her, because this is a different Juliet than we've seen around any other person, the one that's interacting with George. She's... um, She's almost, she's, she's affectionate to the point of almost being nervous or uncomfortable with herself,
0: how affectionate and comfortable she is with this guy. It feels like first boyfriend territory. It, it, it feels is. like somebody who's de- dealing with her first it, boyfriend.
1: Just, even when she like presents him the cake, it's almost with that certain element of, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? I, you, you want some cake? Please enjoy some cake with me. I would love that right now.
0: I find it just. Charming. Staggeringly charming to yes. me. But I will say that like, what is the thing that you commented about George last episode?
1: But George was a, was flirting up with uh,
0: Annabelle with w- w- Rashida,
1: Rashida Jones, a- a- Allison. Yes, that I I thought th- that he was a bit of a flirt.
0: Yes, but why was he flirting?
1: Uh, that why did you say he was flirting? He, that he was looking for a kindred spirit. That he was looking for somebody else to share this the, the, this dark secret with. You know, a, a fellow person to go on this journey. Somebody that understood the tech, that understood the the appeal and the draw of finding out more about the relics, whatever else, and that he was. Very much desperately looking for that person. And if that's the case, it's interesting then that, well, it, okay, two things. In fairness, we don't know how long he's been in a relationship with Juliet. Don't know that for sure. I, maybe it's relatively new or whatever else. But if it isn't, yeah, uh, it's interesting then that he is searching for that kind of companionship on the subject of this and when he has Juliet otherwise.
0: It's so interesting how we'll have this podcast, and I bet people experience this in their everyday life. We have this podcast and you'll say something to me and I'll, I'll, I'll sit with it all week and marinate and I'll have taken something from it. And I'll ask you to like, say it again on the podcast. Cause I want to talk about it. And what you say, does it line up with what I've marinated perfectly? <laughs> like, no, let me tell I'm- you, let me tell you what I took from what you had said about George. I took that. You thought he was flirty with her in a manipulative way. The, that he was and, using sexuality, he was using the flirting thing, or at least started to try to, that avenue, to manipulate her into helping him, you know, with his rebellious acts. And, and when you said that, I immediately got super depressed because I thought about his what we're going to see in this episode and his relationship with Juliet.
1: I think, I, think it's a, it's a, it, I did say that is one of the things I was saying or, you know, spilling out as I was trying to understand it myself. And I think... There is certain, whatever that was, whether it was intentionally manipulative or whether it was just a element of loneliness, it casts a certain pall over his relationship with Juliet that makes it tragic and not just a sense of his loss, because maybe the two of them weren't seeing perfectly eye to eye about their relationship.
0: So here's where I'm at, right in this scene, is that Juliet's sort of like nervous, sheepish way of trying to be flirty with this Mm -hmm. guy has me like gobsmacked with how charming it is. However, you've kind of convinced me that, that George just uses these like romantic feelers to pull people into his rebellious acts against the silo. And we see that she's participated in some of that by holding relics, knowing where relics are, knowing about the secret area. So, I'm concerned, it, is what I'm saying. And
1: if it's perfect, if it is truly just manipulative in terms of how he draws people in, she is a person with skills that he would find useful. That she has tech and engineering knowledge, and access it to places, works
0: right. She also, we're getting first boyfriend vibes from her. That's a, it's. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna manipulate someone romantically, it's much easier to manipulate somebody romantically who doesn't have a lot of experience with romance.
1: And, and who do you think showed the other person that place at the bottom of the digger? Do you think that was George that found that place? Or do you think it was, you know, Juliet that was trying to show off to a new boyfriend about, hey, come see the cool place I found. Maybe you'll like it.
0: Yeah, the tree fort, right? Very much the tree
1: fort. It is her old tree fort and she invited him in.
0: Yeah, but for him, it's like the fucking capital of the rebellion, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's 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 a really concerning situation here with these two, from my perspective.
1: Maybe, maybe we don't know. We don't have much on George yet. Maybe we'll find out more, or not. He's dead.
0: He comes up and takes the cake. He is dead. He is very dead. He comes up and takes the cake from her hand, grabbing her hand as he does it. She tells him, "Everyone knows about us. They don't care, so you don't have to hide it." He says, "They're mm-hmm. not going to send us to." She says, "They're not going to send us to the mines." He jokes that she'll be fine down there. Tough girl, Spencer. What are the mines? They seem uh, that seem to like be a real place, right?
1: I mean, we've heard the mines before. It's basically like being Siberia. It's like being sent to the gulag, It's like jail. It a cha- it's, it's, it's a chain gang kind of like industrial thing of where you're just digging resources necessary to power this whole thing. Uh, also, if we're, if we're if we're just spending all our time dunking on George. Maybe he's not nervous about other people finding out about them together. Maybe he's trying to avoid it getting back to his other squeezes out there that he's,
0: you know, with this girl. Oh, God. I'm so mad at George. Like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> we have I nothing really to back this dude, up. If he's doing this, if he's doing this to fucking Julia, I, 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 I'll toss him over the fucking rails myself. Like, uh, down he goes. Down goes what, George. What,
1: wouldn't that be the fun irony if he actually didn't die due to judicial? It was just the fact that Scorned he was being- lover. It was just a scorned scorn lover or a husband that just tossed him over the rail.
0: It was like another mousy girl from like six floors up who'd never had a boyfriend before who found out about Juliet and just tossed him. Oh, God. Him. Now it, that'd be a wonderful plot, plot twist no, there.
1: It, 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 was the, it was the other mousy girl we're seeing. It was Kendall's mom.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, because <laughs> Juliet started talking about him. and She said, ah, yep. I'll get this guy. So he then says something has happened, something big. He can't tell her there, but he can tell her later after she gets off. Notice how when he says... Um, I'll tell you after you get off, I'll be at your place. She lights up. She's and so excited again, by that.
1: Very first boyfriend kind of terror. She's
0: not used to like having a guy stay over, be at her place. All of mm-hmm. this is still, and I, I don't think they just got together. I think it's like a medium amount of time. I would bet six months. That's my guess here. Six okay. months they've been seeing each other.
1: But again, then there is no overlap then with uh, Allison. In, Maybe. In, in terms of that kind of time frame, Because that, that's like three years ago. Right. Two should be. It, it is a significant time in the past. Previously, when we're assuming the two of them weren't together at the
0: yeah, because let's yeah, because let's get the timeline right. Like, because I, I was I was screwing it up last podcast. But the way it is is, you had Allison the events with Allison yes that occurred over about a two year period, or one year period, one, year, one period, year period, three the three sixty five days the, yeah well, over a one year period, and then and when that one year was out, she went out, and then two years from that date is what we're getting. Um, now when she right. uh is in the flashback where Holston's still alive. And the year and then after that, one that is year after that is Holston goes out. Exactly. Yeah.
1: We we are at a lot of different points in time right now, and I'm assuming we're not gonna be done with that with that before this show's like over.
0: Present day, a year ago, two years ago. That's really yes. all you have to remember right now. Um Juliet's boss calls for everyone's attention. Where's Coop? Coop, Coop, get over here. This is all about him. Coop, I know hey. you're freaking You're freaking the fuck out. Are you ready to shadow Jules? I Here's what I took from that. Jules has a reputation, because the way he said that, it made it seem like this is a tough assignment. Like this is not easy what you're going to do shadowing Jules.
1: Yeah, this is this is almost a this is a verge of you know high amount of respect, but almost in that category of hey, you're, you're you're dirty Harry's new partner kind of thing.
0: This would be like if they they really they actually at your work gave you an intern who had to work the same number of hours as you.
1: I they, sympathize.
0: Like, somebody would be like, "Are you ready? Are you gonna, gonna fucking so, do this, yeah,
1: dude? <laughs> we, dude, you're in, you're in this together with me. You may not live, I may not live, but we're ride or die together."
0: Here's a fountain, a fountain of Red Bull. We've given you like a water <laughs> fountain in your home of Red Bull.
1: No, no, we we, we we cut through that. Here's the IV bag that will follow you on rollers as you move <laughs> through the halls.
0: <laughs> it's funny you don't even drink but you still get the banana bag in the morning just because you <laughs> works for 21 hours
1: get, get it in the vein right now <laughs> while this is going Lots on so we're needle. just looking
0: around and we see some folks from judicial he seems nervous and he takes off at just the sight of the folks in judicial cut to more party now this looks like it's at the lower level and we see someone getting a tattoo does not look super clean i wouldn't say well it's
1: um, notable from a visual design standpoint that the people that are working on the low levels are heavily more tattooed are heavily more minority yeah. are he- are much more wearing utilitarian clothes we're getting a shorter co- haircuts we're, we're getting a very much of a cultural divide occurring between these people and shorter haircuts would make a lot of sense given where they're rocking you don't want your hair co- you don't you don't want your hair caught in an open furnace
0: yeah, yeah. Then we hear Julie, Juliet. Juliet has, has longer hair, but she puts it all up, right? Brown then we careful. hear Juliet's Juliet's voiceover. When I got off work at midnight, I was exhausted. And we see her, like she's doing a voiceover and we're seeing the scene. Um, I was exhausted. I was looking forward to seeing George. That tracks with her reaction to George saying, I'll be at your place, right? She goes into her apartment. She calls for George. She looks around, grabs a bag that's sitting there. She looks in it. And what does she pull out, Spencer? What is that thing? What's the relic?
1: That a little Pez dispenser. Um, It's like a Donald Duck Pez Pez dispenser.
0: (laughs) Now that's when, when I saw the Pez dispenser, that's when it all started to sort of break for me. I was like, oh shit, is this 2,000 years in the future? And like, this is like there, or 500 years in the future. And that like, that, that our society did exist that's the hint the pez dispenser the, the, and that this is just a big super jump in the future and all hell's broken the, loose you,
1: you, okay um, just to avoid massive spoilers in a film that's you know 60 years old at this point but have you seen the original planet of the apes
0: oh yeah with the beach scene right is the, that what you're going for y-
1: yeah, yeah it's the statue of liberty but also finding the artifacts before the tie into his world everything else yes it is in that kind of category of That is indisputably an object from a world we understand. Yes, Everything else just could be a parallel world, whatever else. That is totally a Disney Pez dispenser.
0: That could have existed in our world and this is just some future state, right? Yes. Um, It looks like a a, a lucky duck or a sort of... It, one of those uh, bath bath time bath ducks or whatever. It's it, like, like one of those.
1: It, it looked like a Donald Duck image to me, but it, it's very much in that category or whatever else. Question, by the way, were you ever a kid that enjoyed those pe- enjoyed the actual candy in Pez dispensers, or did you just enjoy Pez dispensers?
0: I loved the Pez candy. Loved it. Uh, you you I thought were it was friends I met in years. <laughs> I thought it was fan-fucking-tastic. I loved it. And it, to the point, I was the weird kid that would buy the Pez with the pez dispenser and toss the pez dispenser i wasn't collecting them i didn't find I did. them charming i liked the candy
1: i did the complete opposite my parents would know me well enough that when they would get me like a little pez dispenser they'd also get me a tube of tic tacs so i could dump out the pez candy and replace them with tic tacs
0: we'd have been we'd have been we would best of pals because you yeah, would, have, but, would have just here traded. you go
1: here you go we're correct. like
0: we're in the silo we just make sure we don't waste <laughs> anything perfect she then sees a note well, she pulls out and reads we can't see it at first now i could that they didn't even give us a pan over for this it, note right like you it, it, couldn't have seen this one. they did they did Oh, could I, I, you I, see
1: I, it I paused it over her shoulder in slow like you know you know watching jfk's assassination level of review of footage Good got Lord. a complete got a complete view of the, of the note right then
0: god you're like 3am reddit you're like on this shit it's i was watching it i
1: the fact i was really? watching the episode very high on caffeine at 3am may have played a role
0: I really didn't think you could see that one. But anyway, that's cool that you noticed that they they could. Um, I like the consistency. (laughs) She then looks around. Yeah, we see both of these notes eventually, right? She then looks around. Another painting painting shot of the silo, beautiful shot of the silo. Juliet walks into the cafeteria. She sees people sitting around. Some of them look at her as she enters. I don't know if you caught that. They were staring at her and looking at her specifically as she entered.
1: Which is, again, a fun touch of where every moment we've seen in the cafeterias, everyone already knows your shit. Everyone already is in the loop about the news, even if you aren't. And they are visibly worried about her, assuming that she's heard that her lover has died.
0: Spencer's fucking hell. The, the, the people are all in his shit talking about it. Hey, Spencer, I heard about blah, blah, blah. Oh, it, it, it's,
1: it, that's the kind of moment of when I then just go to judicial and say, hey, you got an opening in the mines? Just send me down there now, please. I was just <laughs>
0: thinking that you you would walk in one morning and people would like be talking about your, you know, whatever. And you would just have that reaction that you have and just yell, I want to go outside. <laughs> and they'd be like, it, why? It, it's like, because it, I'm tired of you people gossiping about me. I, I'm
1: picturing it right strange. now. I walk down and you, I, I walk <laughs> past the table and somebody said, did you hear how many jars of peanut butter, Spencer Rose in the fridge? I'm like, done. Give me the, give me
0: the wall. I'm out. <laughs> I was just about to say that I feel like that's about as far as far as I can go. Nope. There's a little 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 teasing about well, the fridge. It's uh, still too far. Lines were
1: crossed. You know, we're, we're we're never gonna forget this moment. This was a divide that will never be walked back.
0: At least we. Well, if I if I did breach the line and, and God, and, God, no, that was I mean, that was funny as shit. But I mean, you knew that. Trouble forever. <laughs> at least we've memorialized that you have in your fridge right now three jars of the same <laughs> peanut butter. I just need that on the podcast you know, forever.
1: It's, it's fun too. One of them has been there long enough. It's got a slightly different label than the other ones. I'm getting, eight, I'm getting different generations of peanut butter in there. Have
0: you considered combining them?
1: <sighs> Literally the thought had never crossed my mind until Bridget brought it up earlier today.
0: Oh, she did. <laughs> what, did you, what did you say? I,
1: I was like, I, I, I she expressed that, and I was in the immediate category of, I should have thought of that earlier, and so I'm going to be visibly annoyed to you now. That oh, so you, you, you got kind of... of pissed about it? I yes. Do that too.
0: I'll do that, too. Like, if Sarah comes up with something that I thought I should have come okay. up with, I'll be like, well, I guess you could do that. I guess. I mean, you know.
1: It, it, literally the motive. of, why are you making so big a deal about this? Why is it not okay? There's multiple jars of peanut butter than enough filling an entire level of our fridge with.
0: <laughs> oh, the best. Anyway, she, uh... <laughs> they're all looking at her right and um some of them look as she enters then up comes coop right yeah he comments that he she's like well you don't look very hungover he's like i'm not i'm just sad
1: he's sobered up now
0: well he's also like in his 20s so he can deal with it right that was a
1: knowing fox
0: and she says why and he drops this and a poor coop because this is like
1: the guy that's gonna deliver the
0: nose (laughs) Well, he doesn't know. Yeah, like he he doesn't know that she's with Computer George, so he says it very flippantly. And this is like the worst possible way to get started on his shadowing of Julia. Right, is to fucking drop this hammer in this way that, like, from Juliet's perspective, is kind of like flippant and callous. He doesn't know they have a relationship, so how he's the one that doesn't. He didn't know to soften it. He just goes, "Computer George went over the rails last night, and she looks like she's been kicked in the gut." Oh, man, what a tough start to their relationship. Cut to Juliet in her apartment, and she is struggling. It's like her wind's been knocked out. She falls to the ground. She's struggling to breathe. She's crying. Cut to her talking to someone who tells her that, like, I really like the guy. And suicide is a crime against the silo. We're going to hear this a lot in the next 10 minutes. I
1: love the look that we now get of this deputy and spending a bit of time with him compared to the feeling I had about him last episode of where... Last episode, I assumed this guy was kind of corrupt, indifferent, didn't give a shit, was just going through the motions. Now, getting to see it from this perspective, this is a guy that's in many ways actively trying to protect Juliet.
0: If you have proof he didn't jump, you'd be saving me a mountain of paperwork, but murder? By who? Why? She says she just doesn't know... I don't know, but I just know he did not kill himself. Hank, this is the guy's name. We get his name now. He yeah. says for murder, she needs more than that. She needs motive, for instance. And he cuts her. She cuts him off. And this is something, Um, you're look, among silo fans, I'm going to be right there at at the top of the Juliet fan club. But I can also criticize the ones I love. She cuts people off when they're speaking a lot. <laughs> it's a real problem for her.
1: She does. She also never address addresses the middle ground of where okay, he's dead. You're saying it wasn't suicide. You're going to murder. How about the possibility of accidental death?
0: Well, I think that like my guess is that they travel the stairs so often that the idea that somebody could accidentally fall off is sort of
1: it, 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 alien. They're not they're not entertaining that thought. It's very much falling into those categories of this this is the world you live in and you walk nobody just slips and
0: falls okay so the the inside of the silo kind of looks like a really big version of the marriott hotel that they have the dragon con in atlanta it's strange <laughs> yeah cuz you've seen the, the 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 pictures of that hotel I have, right yeah. like i mean the, yeah okay um here's something they've done in that marriott is that for every floor you know, you can like look, you, you come to, uh, you leave your hotel room and you get out in the hallway. You can look down into the center and there's like a balcony, right? They've put a little like catching net over. <laughs> so like if anybody were to fall, Security. there's a little, little thing there to catch you. If you were to fall. And I could only think as I saw it, I was like, well, I'm sure they put that there because they know they get, you know, 60,000 drunk Dragon Con fans in here. And that there's a danger somebody might fall off of it one year. Why didn't they do this in the silo? Why isn't there like? Why haven't they spent the last hundred and forty years putting a little catcher's net across the whole, uh, both sides of the walkway? They
1: they don't have extra resources for dealing with people being stupid. I feel like the mayor could have knitted it. also just practically, they don't know how from how unless you put a lot of nets, they don't know how from how high you're falling. And if you fall from like a hundred stories up, that net is going to make the process of your debt that much more visibly horrifying. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I yeah, I I'm thinking like one that's really secure, right? So if you fall off, you just sort of you're just there, like a foot away, it, right? Like,
1: it's, it's Spider-Man principles. <laughs> unless you put unless you put a lot of nets, you fall from a certain height, it's still going to kill you.
0: No, a lot of nets is what I'm proposing. I, on, I, on I, every, I
1: figured
0: every walk every walkway there's just a, a an accompanying net with it. Mm-hmm. Look, I, here's what I'm saying. I'm declaring my candidacy for mayor of the silo. Okay, I've got I've got plans. That's <laughs> for, for everyone. Okay? I can fix this. So a, she looks at on contently. every floor. She looks at Hank intently and she just says, "What?" And he says, "I know about the two of you." And she immediately drops her head. She starts to get uncomfortable. He says, "Look, I figured that being down here, no one would care. That, but if you were in a sanctioned relationship, this would be easier. Now, this is going to be a really foreign concept to to you, but like, I don't know, like maybe." certifying your relationship with the government so that you get certain rights and it becomes a whole lot easier to be in that relationship you know if something happens or if you go to the hospital or i don't know you're setting up a will or something i don't know it's a really alien concept to our our world of course but i just figured i'd toss it out here in this fictional world
1: no idea whatsoever you're talking about, sir. I can't even imagine that there might be certain obvious incentive benefits that are attached to being married in our given society in a way that I would almost deem discriminatory.
0: Spencer's going to ask to go outside soon. Um, he says, <laughs> Between <laughs> oh, the peanut butter and now
1: marriage incentives, what the fuck are you doing, I'm man? I'm crowding
0: him. I'm crowding him this episode. He says, I'll run up your concerns up top. I'll say it came from a co-worker who knew him most. This, H- H- Hank is doing her a solid here right uh, um
1: repeatedly over the course of what we see in mm-hmm. the next few scenes
0: so he he doesn't immediately tell and we learned this later in talking with holston he does hank does not immediately tell holston they were in a relationship hank holston has to piece that together himself right mm-hmm. so he says he was a good man nobody likes a suicide so like basically what he think he's saying is like They'll be open to the concept that maybe it wasn't because we don't like to classify things as a suicide. And I could see that if you are running the silo and you're trying to sell the concept that like, hey, we got it good down here. We're doing well. There's no need to say, I don't know, fundamentally change our existence by opening the door and going outside. You want people to feel. Like, it's going well. And if people right. are killing themselves, it undercuts that narrative.
1: This, this isn't just like in our world of where there's a certain you know, family embarrassment effect or religious issues associated with it. This is fundamentally destabilizing to society kind of thing in a way they prefer not to deal with.
0: Cut the Juliet working in the generator. Tough, hard work. She comes out and they close the door. We hear, that's her. What's her name? What's her name? Juliet. Juliet Nichols. And then we see the scene that we previously got from the sheriff's perspective. It's mm-hmm. of him and Marnes coming down to to meet Juliet for the first time. So we hear this: the body was found on this ventilation unit. So then we see that the sheriff and Hank and Marnes and Juliet are walking around to the scene where George was found. Right. Marnes mentions. Go ahead.
1: And, yeah, it's a fan. There's that kind of metal dome around the fan in the way that they're so Dented. often are in a real world. And there is a body, almost a body shaped dent in the side of this thing.
0: Barnes mentions that Juliet seems awful tense. And in a moment of extreme, what I can only categorize as extreme truth. She says, oh, I'm always tense, sir. And we, I thought,
1: we, we got evidence for that.
0: <laughs> I said, never a truer line has been spoken in Silo than I am always tense from Juliet. He says, I get it. Suicide is a serious crime suicide as a crime is a strange concept to me. It is in our real world too, man. It's a very odd concept to me because it's like the only, well, you can't, obviously you can't enforce it if somebody dies. It's a stupid law to begin with. But the only thing you could ever enforce is, is trying to prosecute somebody for attempted suicide, which no reasonable society would ever do.
1: Well, and, well and historically, if we go back to English common law, they would fine the family in the events of things like suicide, they would actually pass the punishment on in terms of like you know and the know estate. The now. estate is forfeited to the government, kind of thing.
0: And we know that's dumb. So it's like it's just a dumb law all the way around. Like, okay, let's put this dead man on trial. Yeah, yeah. If he if he, if he comes back to life, we're gonna put this fucker in jail. Send him down to the mines. Uh, again,
1: we're, we're, the ba- the basis of the English common law we have, man, also believed in debtors' prisons. They had a lot
0: of things that they were working through. She says it's not suicide. She's sure of it. He was depressed. Uh, he wasn't depressed. There was no sudden um, elevation. And what I, I took from that is that they were describing manic depressive yeah. people, yeah. right? You have the spikes and things.
1: Yeah, no sudden elevation. And it was yeah, interesting, yeah, how... or wait, elevate. Wait. Yeah, same concept. Yeah, very much so. It, it was fun how immediately medical that gets because I before we even heard you know the next line, we said, oh yeah, we're taught those signs so early, people get good at hiding them. The fact that she goes so medical or clinical about that immediately triggered me. It's like, oh shit, this is part of the basic curriculum that they they're training people to look for this thing.
0: Yeah, because like they're they're in essence trapped in this. Oh, Not yeah. really large area for ten thousand people, mm-hmm. and they do probably are they probably are hyper focused on the signs of pe- people becoming manic depressive, right? And that's sort of being depressed and then spiking in energy. That is a telltale sign.
1: Mm-hmm. So that
0: it, yeah, you you covered that the sheriff says that they're all taught that he could have hidden it. Martins ask her how she knew him, and Hank jumps in and saves her from lying. I thought that was fantastic. What a bro, because she was going to lie to to him and and say oh I just knew him from blah 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 blah. He makes sure she doesn't even have to say that lie right. by saying, hey, down here, everybody knows everybody. And, and if, George was a funny computer guy.
1: And it's the perfect misdirection, too, because it's not about her. He's making it about him and about the community in a way that there's nothing further she needs to say about that to further a lie or further a story.
0: I'm a big fan of Julia. I think she should take all the time she needs to mourn this relationship with George, although I'm a little skeptical of George. But if mm-hmm. Juliet ever wants to get back on the horse, can I nominate Hank? He's kind of a fucking pro to her, right? He was really solid there in that moment.
1: Uh, Hank is solid. Again, I had, I, I was I was kind of pretty dismissive of Hank the last episode. I'm pretty in the Hank camp now after this episode. He seems like he's a pretty good guy that's doing similar to the sheriff we saw in the top levels, trying to do his best to do not only the letter of his job, but also the practicality of supporting his community aspect of the job.
0: At least in this moment, I would be supportive of Juliet, him taking a run at Juliet and them two, them two seeing if they could they could get what what is it called? Uh certified or official or whatever the fuck it is. Uh sanctioned. Sanctioned. Get, if they could they could find their way to sanction. So she struggles with the question and Hank says he told her uh that with murder you need motive and opportunity. She says, Yeah, but I told you we have opportunity he died at three a.m. No one's on the stairs then, right? And Sheriff says, unless you're a porter. The first time we heard that phrase. And I think porter is, like we talked about earlier, people who just transport goods back and forth. Mm-hmm. Porting. Porting, moving.
1: Again, the truckers of the universe. <laughs>
0: And Martin says, or going to jump, which is like, come on, Martin.
1: Again, fair, fair. It's like that would also be, you know, what's not at least dismissed. That is the other plausible scenario we're looking at here.
0: Sheriff says, go to dispatch. Would you see if there are any porters on the stairs when it happened? Sheriff mentions that her watch is nice. Hey, it's a nice watch you got there. A little Tony Soprano action. Nice. Yeah. Hey, that's a nice watch you got there. Huh? Can I ask you a question about your watch? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, says, t-
1: you take it off and hand it to me right now?
0: She says, it's it's pretty nice. You know, I remember that. Hey, you know what Tony does really well in the show? He does this thing where he goes, uh, um, hey, remember that time I did you a big favor? And the person (laughs) goes, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And he goes, oh, okay. Anyway, nice watch. Yeah, that's a really nice watch. It's fucking fantastic
1: to watch. Yeah, that that, that watch looks like that would be, you know, 30% of that favor you owe me.
0: Oh, man. You know, if only that watch was 50%, you know, then maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe I feel good about that. This is yeah. interesting, interesting manipulation, right? Anyway, he's pushing her about the watch. He says, is it a relic? And she goes, it's it's legal. And the sheriff goes, I just said it was nice. Look, I'm nope. sorry about your coworker. I'm going to go look at his body again. Look for any sign of a struggle. I hate to ask, but maybe there is something you'd see that I don't, but only if you're up to it. And I'll tell you that years and years of doing podcasts with you, my ears perked up and I thought he has got an ulterior motive for asking her to go to the body because he wants to watch her reaction when she sees it. 100%.
1: 100%. He, he, He has no expectation whatsoever that she's going to see any kind of, you know, forensically relevant sign from a case investigation standpoint though she will be an open book as he just watches her watch a body
0: so that's exactly what they do and she really does try to hide a reaction but i think she has one and he asks her if she's ever seen a dead body before and she says yeah brother when i was 12 mother when i was 13 someone says but you know that like and then she starts to snap at him because she realizes that bringing her down here he's playing her was was likely an attempt to see her reaction and his line of questioning, including the watch and including this indicates that he does know a little bit about her. And she finally just calls it. And that's one thing that Juliet will do really well is if there's bullshit in the air, she calls bullshit fast. And he says, uh, well, but, someone but just- e-
1: even if there's, there's the slightest whiff though, she will call this straight up, you know, back to the future, running into the back of a manure truck level of bullshit. Even when it's just a whiff, this is a girl who has intense defense mechanisms.
0: Yeah, she's as skeptical as you are on this podcast about everything about this show. <laughs> I, she's I'm, just I'm, as skeptical as you.
1: Just, just a little note, by the way, I did not realize there were legal relics. That's interesting.
0: I think if they're registered, I think that's the, the big deal. Uh, they mm-hmm. have to be registered relics. So someone says murder. You look at it, this is what um, Sheriff says back to her. He says, look, someone says murder. You look into them. You try to figure out a reason they might be saying that. She cuts him off again. She says, the reason is he was murdered. That's why. You get the sense she's taking a real risk by pointing out and continuing to push that he was murdered. That this is actually, the way that this whole system works is that her making a fuss about this actually makes her stand out and you never want to stand out in the silo. This is actually a risky thing for her to be doing.
1: No, and she lives in a world of where judicial just roams the streets, unlike on the mids and the top levels. So she should know more than anybody about what the dangers of doing this
0: are. Holston says, but you might not want to believe it's suicide given your history. That's something so, I could understand, and that actually shocked me. I didn't know Holston knew then because I believed my bro Hank. I believed that he was being solid. He was not telling Holston. I was a little surprised that Holston knew this. Here, did that did that surprise you, or did you suspect he knew?
1: Well, this is I suspected. I I suspected. We've gotten evidence the sheriff's good at his job. We've gotten evidence that the people under him are fairly good at his job. So he'd be able to put two and two together. Question, by the way, though, in terms of interpreting that line, because I I read that one of two ways. I read that the history being your history with George. I also read that as also being possibly your history with your dead brother and mother, with the implication being maybe they committed suicide.
0: So could have been that? Could have been either, in my mind. Could have been, but he, he immediately goes to the thing about the relationship, which, which retroactively made me think he was talking about her relationship with George. Because like he says, um, given your history is something I could believe. Now they get cut off in their conversation. Marnes comes in he says, you know, what, y'all seeing anything? And he's like, no, he explains that they poured the chasing down the porters that came up to nothing possible suicide and all. They want a briefing. Holston tells him, Hey, go ask around see if anybody's on the stairs. So cut back to their conversation. And he asked her if she wants something to eat. She says, no, angrily, which is sort of common for Juliet. And he says, yeah. how long were you and George in a relationship? So as soon Implication as the being kind up, direction. yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. it does seem like they change scenes, though, because they're in the cafeteria when they're having this conversation.
1: It's interesting that his objective of his investigation here is I need to be alone with this woman. I can't have anybody else here, particularly yeah. not the deputy. He's already salted that field in terms of earning her trust. I need to get everybody else away so I can find out more here.
0: Yeah, this is going to sound absolutely terrible. Uh, so sorry in advance. But like Julia is like a like a when you're when you're like at the pound and there's that one dog where you're like, I, I think I could get a relationship with this animal, but I've got to get it away from chaos. Yeah. And I've got to establish some level of trust. Now, I apologize that I'm comparing a woman to a dog. I don't I don't mean it that way. Mm. What I mean, though, is that what she's a skittish. Bitch. She's fucking skit. Don't don't you ever. Don't you ever. I'm the Juliet fan club. Um, she's so skittish that I can I can see whole Holston's strategy you know, it, here, and I agree with it completely.
1: It's it, 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 straight up. If you want to keep doing animal metaphors, he's being a horse whisperer right now. He's doing everything just in a calm atmosphere, away from anybody else. That's actually so in can my hit notes how- terms.
0: I, I missed it, but that's actually in my notes how he talks to her in hushed tones. Yes. And it it's a it's a real contrast when Marnes comes in. Because when Marnes comes in comes in, he like immediately goes back to like louder, projecting sheriff voice. And then when he goes back to Juliet, he's like, How long are we going to George in the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Innocent it, enough question, it, but she sees the danger in it.
1: Guy's good guy's good at his job. He's been doing he this is, a while.
0: I'm very impressed by the sheriff this episode, other than the whole like suicide. Um <laughs> Maybe she comes up and he says, I won't tell anybody. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, why didn't you get sanctioned? Why not? He says, if they're going to figure out what happened, I need the truth. You came this, and this was a wonderful point to point out. You came to my deputy. You said murder. You wanted help, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: if you what? want, why help I me here? help you. Help me help you, Jerry. Help me help you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. She looks at him and says, he didn't kill himself. Holston says, okay. You've said that
1: like nine times now.
0: Yeah, she's still kind of like holding on, right? Holson says he's got to go meet with Judicial. Juliet, Which freaks her the fuck out. Yeah, sure it does. Any threat of Judicial seems to scare every one of these characters, the sheriff and mayor included. Mm -hmm. Juliet, the not knowing is going to haunt you forever. Potential line of the episode. Let's nominate it right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's coming from a place of concern and one that he knows very well. That's why it's so good. It's so charged, right? Because he, mm-hmm. he the not knowing of why she, Allison did what she did or exactly what's going on outside and where Allison is, the not knowing is killing him. Oh, yeah. He left something for me. What? You being sheriff and me not being sheriff, I need you to promise me you're not going to rat me out to judicial. He's like, if it's a relic I, I got, I have to compensate. So she starts to withdraw. And she goes, no, you didn't leave me anything. Nothing to show mm, you. Bye. And, and he goes, but who's to say where I found it? so it was a big place and that was enough to get her to open up again th- this th- this is the element of
1: discretion that makes his job possible that if he's able to enforce the rules in a way
0: that also serves the greater good and justice th- th- that's that's the option he's going to take we see juliet taking the sheriff to her place she gets on a chair and pulls down a bag and pulls out the pez dispenser she hands it to him and he says what is this they don't even know what a pez dispenser is spencer
1: no, they're, they're not ta- – The apparently the they're taught about alcohol from the before times because dispensers have been lost into the mist.
0: I know. And they don't even have that great candy that comes with them.
1: <clears throat> it's th- – I, 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 I don't get it. I truly don't. They're, they're like, what flavor they have is bad.
0: It's like a really good Smartie. Um yeah, you, she you, says she you doesn't You just said
1: know. those words, and I'm not processing them well. But sure, yeah, I'll, I'll acknowledge you just said that.
0: <laughs> you said words. <laughs> Wind gave came over your vocal cord. Uh, I will acknowledge that. Hmm. She says she doesn't know. Maybe this was his way of saying goodbye, giving you something. She says he le- he left something with it. It's a note, and she hands it over. It's a note, but guess what, Spencer?
1: It's half. The a note It's torn,
0: and I did not see the note torn when she first pulled it out of the bag. So I think she's torn the note.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And then me having paused for him before, I'm seeing as like, oh, she she rip, she ripped out the last last sentence of that line right there.
0: Remember where you last saw this? Is what half of the note reads. Remember right. where you last saw this? He looks up at her, and she's not making eye contact. Cut Juliet walking the sheriff down in the lower areas. It looks like the tunnels near the generator. That same sort of scene.
1: Very much. She's so. telling
0: him that what she's about to show him is more illegal than any relic. I'm sure up top, up top, all caps or, or capitalized uh, mm-hmm. uh, up top, proper, proper noun, um knows about it, but they don't seem to care. He says, well, I'm from up top and I have no idea where we're going. So he's, <laughs> he, he's skeptical that up top knows about it. Mm-hmm. She takes him to a door and she says, our agreement still apply. So she pulls off a sign and behind the sign, it's a hole in the wall. She says, I hope you're not afraid of the dark or tight spaces or heights. They walk into the Shawshank Tunnel and off they go. Sadly not hidden behind a particular poster of you know Raquel Welsh. He looks around and there's writing on the wall. The only thing I could make out of the phrases on the writing in the wall is dead man's hole.
1: There's a lot of stuff like that, but that was the main one they wanted to visibly hang on.
0: And, and I'd like to point out we're getting the silo theme music here
1: and this is the kind of graffiti that is ancient enough they have no context as to who the heck this put there this this is like walking through pompeii and seeing you know the random dicks that are drawn on walls by ancient romans kind of thing they don't know how to process this
0: no concept yeah like yeah because they don't have any record of people ever being in this space Mm -hmm. so Holston's walking around looking at the wall who did all this i don't know we think it was from before the rebellion we think it was so she's she's clearly shared this with somebody and i think she tipped her hand there she says uh be careful it's interesting how quick she starts and and i would like to point this out so she tells him to be careful as he's walking now it is important that he be careful because where she's taking him is ugh i hate it these ledges that have like no guardrails they're about a foot and a half (laughs) wide and they're just walking around on them like the plank like a like a Walking off a ship or something.
1: Yeah, This is the kind of scene of where I picture you, if you're in the moment, Ugh. just stopping her and saying, hey, how about instead of you taking me there, you just tell me what it is. Just, let, let's do not, it
0: here on terra firma. I'm not going. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, but she tells him to be careful. I'd also like to point out how quick she is with everyone in her life that we have seen to start giving orders. Yes. She gives orders to people really quickly. She's giving orders to the sheriff as she's showing the sheriff some highly illegal thing she's not supposed to know about that could get her sent out, probably, he, uh, to clean.
1: Operating she's on still their, giving him orders. Operating on his good grace, she is instructing him on the, she's treating him like her shadow.
0: It's fucking hilarious. She starts to go down a manhole, and he asks her what's down there. She says, look, you'll see. They walk down rungs, farther down, down. She connects a hose, and when she does, lights goes on. She says, there were probably a hundred work lights here at one time. Oh, these are the only ones left. Mm-hmm. And we see some sort of machine. It's got spider legs. I count six spider legs.
1: This, this is a giant ass fucking digger. This,
0: this, this is a digger on a scale that, you know, is a super machine. Holston asked what it is, and she says her best guess is it's what's left of the machine that dug the silo. I also agree with that. theory. Yeah, goes.
1: Is this thing big? It's big. It's so big, I don't think we have a really, I don't have a full mental concept of how big this thing is, but... In your mind, is this thing big enough that it individually dug the entire area below the silo? Is that the implication we're getting, or is this just the one that they've effectively found?
0: I'm guessing that as they dug the silo, it started like like you would have to in this sort of like arrangement. It had to start narrowing toward the bottom. Mm-hmm. and as it narrowed there was less space to get the darn thing out as they built up over it so they that just was collected. just the, that was just the last one but they had to have many of them well, right because like that thing while big does not appear big enough to have built the silo
1: what well, we have historical parallels of that you know the channel that tunnel that goes underneath the english yes. channel uh the french took the french and the english both dug it from separate directions the french took theirs out and put it in a museum the english they just set it to go dig straight down into the earth, and they just let it go. And that it's somewhere now deep in the earth.
0: Oh, fa- Oh, well, that's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. It's just a nice piece of junk in the earth's core. appreciate it, that, British. D- different philosophies <laughs> in action. Thank you, Tony Blair. That was awesome. Um, I don't think this thing built the silo by itself, but I think it was part of the thing that built the silo. She explains. Oh, Theory goes. Digger comes down this far. There's no way to get it out. So the founders just walled it up with a 30-foot cap of concrete. Digger must have looked like this for a hundred years, she says. It must have looked like this for the last hundred years. Hasn't changed. Anything of value has been long stripped. People people stripped this thing a long time ago. First time I saw this place, it made me realize this is the most dangerous thing she says, I believe, to the sheriff. Mm -hmm. It made me believe how little we know about the silo.
1: That that is on the verge of I want to go out in terms of lines you really shouldn't be saying.
0: And it's interesting to me how much the sheriff is letting her go. He didn't, you know, he was very quick with Allison to adopt his sheriff voice when she was trying to tell him something. And I think he's kind of learned a lesson. It's not, and I don't think he's interested in Juliet romantically. I just think he's learned the lesson that like. Sometimes people have something to say, and like mm-hmm. he can't let his sheriff hat, hat get in the way of listening. And he's decided with her to listen for a while.
1: I agree. I think it's character growth, 100%. I also think he's thinking in his head, just repeatedly, if you give a mouse a fucking cookie,
0: it's like, yeah, oh, it's like this is rapidly getting out of hand. They keep walking in the rungs. The sheriff is going along, but he looks a little unsettled by the heights and the, the climbing and all of it. As they go lower, it's quite a shot seeing this machine. They come down and there are a series of walkways that branch out to the machine uh, and they walk out to one to go to it. And he says, what is this place? And she says, George, he put it all together. Last time I saw this thing, uh, last time I saw this thing was down here and she picked up a metal box. And so she says the thing in the metal box, that's where she found some relics, right? She opens it.
1: This is very Planet of the Apes, of, you know, the doll, the pacemaker, and all the little artifacts of the ancient world that we recognize, but they have no idea what they are.
0: That's exactly, yeah.
1: There's even even a little Statue of Liberty, right? Isn't there a Statue of Liberty that that they pull out of this thing?
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, like I told you how this book series was written, how it was a guy who was writing short stories, he posted them online, he got crowdsourced feedback. I feel like, People exposed to different fandoms through parts of that fandom on this story, and it's yeah. this wonderful pop culture amalgam- amalgamation of the genre mm-hmm. that like includes a bunch of little like um, clues or hidden hidden cues to References. other other worlds. And this is definitely Planet of the Apes. I agree with you. It,
1: it's um, it's a little end joke. The one that rattles our cage is that there is a camcorder in there.
0: Well, I don't think, I mean, I, I'm not sure it's like a joke. I think, I, I mean, maybe it is, but I think that this is going to be relevant, like these sure. relics and, you know, the catalog, cataloging the relics and like who has them and what they are and how they connect to our world. I foresee that being important. Mm-hmm.
1: I, 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 don't, I, I mean, like um, it, when I say in joke, I mean, it's talking more to the audience than it is to the characters right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Um so she opens it. She says, "These are why he wanted to keep us a secret—us, me, and the relationship. You know, if he ever got caught with it, he didn't want me to get sucked, uh, sucked in." Uh, mm-hmm. Spencer, I'm starting to be a little skeptical of his reasoning here. <laughs> you I'm, got I some like doubts, this. my friend. I don't, I don't trust this George character. Well, don't um,
1: worry, he's dead.
0: She's deader than dead. He's quite dead. She's taking like things. We out We can of the actually box. confirm he's dead. We've seen the corpse. The sheriff asks if it's all relics. And she says, yes, all these are illegal relics. She pulls out something saying she'd never seen it before. And this is a camcorder.
1: Which th- that one's going to come up later, right? Like th- this is a this is a Chekhov's camcorder.
0: You got to think. So George sold and traded relics. She says, yeah. So he was obsessed with the before times. That he was looking for something. He just said that he'd know it if he saw it. She continues fiddling with the other thing, but notices that something is off. It's not how she left it, which prompts her to continue looking around. She starts looking around. Wait, hold on. And she finds a wire, like a piece of wire.
1: Just a thing to note. This is a girl who is very defensive, who is very not, not, not actually trusting people, who really puts up guards and barriers. But once she's decided that she's going to trust you, once you've told her that you're cool, she just goes, "Oh yeah, uh, he was he, he was dealing in constant felonies, and I was associated with the conspiracy." To the lead law enforcement officer, it's like, "But you're cool, right? You're cool. We're cool. Yeah, okay. You, you know, you're, you're, cop, cops aren't allowed to lie when, you know I'm like buying drugs, that kind of thing. You know that, right? Right? Okay, good.
0: It's why we all love her. It's like she's like, "Oh, uh, on a coin, <laughs> yeah." So, uh, yeah, if I can trust you, I've got this bottom nine tenths of the iceberg of information to drop in your lap because i've done all this crazy shit that nobody knows about she's but she's wonderfully interesting in this backstory right oh yeah um so she grabs the wire she's looking around right uh and she comes up to a bag that's hanging off of the side of one of the walkways and she brings it up pulls it over and guess what is it spencer
1: it's the hard drive. I mean, I was it's assume, the hard drive! I was assuming it was. I was like, okay, the hard drive's not in the box. What would they take so much of an effort to separately hide so that no one would ever potentially find it? has got to be the hard drive.
0: <laughs> and while I feel that the hard drive is important to the long-term plotting of the story, what's important to the short-term plotting between these two characters is the accompanying instructions. Because yes. those are the instructions that Allison printed, that he printed or posted, that he printed off really quickly before it got taken down. And then,
1: Her oh man! On the the back. most
0: important part is they see the handwriting on the back, and it, Holston looks at it shocked and says, "It's my wife's."
1: There's there's no way to explain that away. You can't just say, "Okay, he printed it out." Sure, it was an article was up there for a day. Maybe he got it that way. Her handwriting—that's a level of personal connection that is difficult to just wipe, wash your hands of.
0: Juliet asked if Allison knew George. Allison does my tea work for him. Not before not long before she went out.
1: Again, this has all of those weird connotations about... like There's been movies or shows that done this before about the two uh, spouses finding out that their other spouses were cheating with each other kind of thing. It's got I those elements of it.
0: I think that's what she thinks. Because she says, if George and your your wife, she seems upset about this. She says, did you talk to him? Holston is so flabbergasted. He doesn't clarify with her that he didn't think it was romantic at all. He just blows right on and says, oh, shit. The watch... Uh, uh, this is now Alice and she or uh, Juliet. Oh, she so shit the watch
1: again. She was she, Juliet operates at a hundred percent againia yeah or for you. Yeah. and that now that she has an element of doubt, she smelled shit like you said earlier. She switches hard to agenya. Yeah.
0: and she peeks up or she picks up an awful lot of information really quickly about how Holsted is treating her and what he's focusing on. She says, "Oh shit, the watch. You'd seen it before, hadn't you? That's why you checked." his uh that's why his wrist his wrist that's why you knew we were together it's it's why you're here to see if i had anything to do about why your wife went out to clean so she has now pulled us all the way back to him being just completely self-interested and doing nothing but a digging expedition about his wife which i do not think is correct because i do not think holston had any concept that his wife would be at all tangled up in this
1: no he had an assumption about how deep this rabbit hole went and he's discovered a sub-basement beyond a sub-basement and he's still coming to terms with that while she's on a spiel of a conversation.
0: Holston tries to reassure her that he went down there trying to figure out what happened with George, but she immediately calls bullshit, which she does about seven times this episode. And she says, you're wondering if George had anything to do with why your wife went out to clean. Holston said, and I'm going to have to tell Judicial his death was an accident. Holston is now getting pissed off at her. He's getting angry back at her. She says, why, why would you do that? He was murdered. Holston asks, by who she says, I don't know by who there's a reason why George hit this. Maybe it's like, I don't know what happened to him. I, I don't know why he hit a fucking hard drive. And this is now angry Holston getting his sheriff voice in. Mm-hmm. He says this is a red level relic, making it a threat to the order of the silo. They go back and forth about what his job is. If it's to tell the truth or if it's to maintain order in the silo, he says, I got to put it in the incinerator. She says, no, he says, that's enough. And that's when she juts out her jaw. And we realize that if you make an enemy of Juliet, she will take your fucking knees out. And that's what she does to him. She says, maybe if you'd listen to your wife, she'd still be alive right now.
1: That's a level of... She don't know this guy. We know him a little bit. We get to, And she gets to see briefly in his eyes about, oh, that's something you say when you want him to murder you right now. You don't want... It is a credit to his largesse that she, he even allows her the possibility of walking back that line.
0: Well, he gives her a look that I felt like he was going to toss her off the yeah. side. But it, but it, but it's actually, I, I read it wrong. It's actually, he, it's actually sadness that hits his face, not anger. But, th- but it th- does th- feel there's
1: some anger in there, I think a bit.
0: Uh, yeah, but it, it, it goes into sadness so quick yeah. because he immediately gives the next line. But I, I don't know when she was talking, they were going back and forth. I was like. It's, like, kind of envisioning like a like a Mortal Kombat, and then like Holston's just standing there. It's like finish him, and she pulls the katanas out. She just like slices them wide open. <laughs> <up because like, laughs> that no, is wait, a no. that is a finishing move, if ever there was one. Maybe if you'd listen to your wife, she'd still be alive right now.
1: It, it's it's below the belt. It's true. It's very true, but potentially oh, he
0: knows it's true. That, knows that's it's true. Which
1: that, that, which is the reason he also is willing to you know continue with the conversation.
0: But she I, I think I think I read him with less anger than maybe you did, because I thought he, he immediately went to sadness because he gives this line to get to my office. I have to walk through the cafeteria and he doesn't he's not it's not like he's saying this through gritted teeth. He's just saying it. sad. He, he's, he saying, says, so now, he,
1: he's saying it with a pretty intense stare. However, you want to interpret that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think we just read him differently. Sure. Um, he says, so now I he says, so now I go to work before dawn. I come home after dark just so I don't have to see her body on that hill. Allison asks questions too. His face drops. She was never afraid. And then they've somehow gotten back on the same page here. And she goes, then please just help me. I think she also looks a little ashamed face. But she said that
1: because that's what Juliet do in these kind of moments. Yeah, she's angry. But when he, you know, very much bears his soul to a certain degree about the pain and trauma he's going through. She has the good grace to look ashamed about that. She went there.
0: I think that's a fair read. He says, I'll keep trying to figure out what happened to George, but you have to stay quiet. You have to keep your head down. Stop wearing that watch. It might be legal, but it draws attention. True. When I find something else in word, I'll give a signal. She's like, well, what can I do in the interim? She's like asking a million questions. He says, look, I'm going to figure out this hard drive thing and the notes and you need to trust me.
1: And again, this is the this is my interpretation about he lied, he's a liar. Because from her perspective, she never got that. He never followed up. She never got a signal. She never got a sign. No indication that he actually fulfilled his end of the bargain that they set here.
0: Cut back to Martha, who speaks for the entire audience and says, You actually said if he'd listened to his wife, she'd still be alive. And you wonder why you never heard from him again?
1: Fair. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs>
0: She Juliet operates me by it's means by of waited.
1: shotguns and conversations.
0: She, 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 it's true. You know, like it's the the thing that they were wondering if George had spiking in happiness, spiking in sadness. Man. She sort of does that verbally. She's either like, yeah, 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 everything's great. Come to my treehouse. I'll show you like this super secret uber illegal. Pl- oh, oh, hold on. You said a thing. I don't like fuck you and your dead wife. It's like, holy shit. It's <laughs> <This lady's laughs> all over the place. A, I'm having whiplash just from talking with you. So she says, "He asked me to wait," and she says, you never got word again. No sign." And Juliet shakes her head. So there you go. We got the information that she never heard from him again after that.
1: Well, she's about to get a hell of a sign here in a bit.
0: Martha says, "I'm sorry you didn't get the answers you were hoping for. Maybe you should just take a day, do something for your, you know, yourself." This is like me trying to tell Spencer to take a day off. Juliet <laughs> says, "Maybe I should keep my mind <laughs> on it." <laughs> I should keep my mind on it. I didn't show the sheriff everything. She gets up and hands something to Martha. Guess what it is, Spencer? It's the other half of the note.
1: And what does it say, my friend?
0: Yeah. um,
1: I found what I was looking for.
0: I found what I was looking for. And she says that George told me whatever I was looking for was more... Whatever he was looking for was more dangerous than any relic. And then in, in this note, he says he found it.
1: And she doesn't tell... We find out later through flashback a hint of what it might have been. But she even... Even with this woman that she seemed to trust, she does not appear to say
0: what it is he was looking for. She even says he was so afraid of me knowing that he thought if I knew it would get me sent out. Yeah. She's like, "What was he looking for, Jules, This is getting a little dangerous." Juliet just says, "Yeah."
1: Yeah. The toaster will fix yeah. later.
0: No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> this is you no calling you out.
1: This is you calling out of my shit about. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll, I'll book that thing. And you're just like, no now you won't i yep. heard the tone it You're is gone.
0: it's like it's like a group of us talking and it's like oh yeah yeah like yeah maybe like second weekend in october we'll get together and spencer's like yeah 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 we'll do that and i that, like look that, at the other guys and i'm like that it, toaster's it, not getting fixed guys it's not getting fixed
1: it, it's the word choice it's when i say things like yeah that would be a nice it's like nope nope he's acknowledging that in a general sense not happening
0: and have yeah, it. she's not fixing this fucking toaster but martha says look try not to get yourself killed juliet says yeah cut marns walking i've got the judges uh picks for sheriff four mediocre candidates um just to shine a light on the one she really wants paul billings this is him talking to the mayor and they've got their candidate from judicial his name is paul billings
1: it's interesting that they refer they refer to judicial by means of a single person the judge and it's a she judicial has a face apparently at least in some shape or form and it's not just
0: common it's the judge yep and uh um, he says i remember him go ahead they
1: like this candidate they're like this candidate is this candidate could do the job the problem is he would always be judicial's candidate
0: well and i mean i also think that like what Marnes is saying is he's fine I mean, because he, he says this. He says, look, he was a fine deputy until he abandoned us for judicial. But, look, he just wanted better hours. To be honest, Paul Billings wouldn't be the worst. But And the but, mayor, and I, I do think there's a big part that she doesn't want to have judicial's person in the role. But I also think this there's an element of this is true, too, where she just goes, well, I don't want somebody who's just not the worst. Like, she wants bro. the best. Like, makes I, sense. Don't want to compromise. Also want separation of powers. Perfectly
1: legitimate stance for the two of them to take
0: and I have an immediate concern of an armed mob fucking taking over because people are starting to lose their shit. Cause we don't have a sheriff and we just sent a sheriff out to clean. So there's an immediate concern too. Yeah. She says, my next thought is I got to go talk to Holston about this. And Martin says, yeah, I think oh, the same thing about 10 times a day. And that is that little, it's, it's, you know, I don't think for most people that that would necessarily stand out as maybe the best moment of the episode. But for me it was because in two lines, these two characters explained what grieving is like it just for me, just super fast. Like uh, it, she, it, she thinks while she's thinking about what to do about Holston's death, she thinks, I wish I could talk to Holston about this.
1: It, it, it is a great line. It is an effective line. And it resonated a lot with me because I mean, you, we, we both lost people that we cared about at various times in lives. And that part, part, a key part of that grief is just having that kind of moment of when you think about that person as part of your daily life or like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. I'll see that person like, but I won't. Okay, I'm now processing. I'm now back in that pain. I'm working through that kind of thing. If, if it's it, ever a wonderful exemplar of grief. It's that summarized right there.
0: And when Marnes says, I think the same thing about 10 times a day, I thought back to Holston grabbing his arm. Like kind of squeezing his arm as he walked out, that sort of goodbye that he gave Marnes and how close they must have been.
1: Hundred percent. Again, they were the level of close of where he was giggling about his boss fucking his wife behind a closed door in their office. That's a way level close, of close, my friend.
0: Way closer than I ever ever approve in the workplace. Mayor says she wishes Holston said who he wanted to take the job first, and now Marnes starts to come clean. He says, he, "Well, it,
1: he did. it may not be coming clean. He's done the like work to find out who the hell this person is."
0: because it's and she's like why in the hell didn't you tell me until now and he goes because it's ridiculous and if anything it's a sign that he wasn't quite there at the end so shots fired right away mm-hmm. he's not pleased he's not pleased with holston's pick name of the episode and she goes well who did he choose and he says you might want to top off your drink first and the mayor <laughs> you notice he' he says this in a sort of like I think he's serious like this is this is fucking bat shit. he's also being a little flirty with the mayor mayor seems like Shut shut up with that. Just give give me the fucking name. Like she what? seems over this little flirty moment. What, what, what <laughs> come alcohol, on, Barnes?
1: What alcohol do you think would be have best stability, like two hundred and fifty years later kind of thing? What are, what are we assuming they're drinking right now?
0: Oh, uh, probably whiskey. I mean, yeah. I think whiskey I was whiskey thinking ages some category the best. of
1: whiskey be simple enough?
0: Uh, whiskey age is the best in the sense that it actually gets better. Uh, yeah. Other other spirits will just get like. Uh, They'll have go wrong way, or, get or get nothing. Yeah. They, they, some of them will become like uh, not effective, like to get you drunk. And some of them will become like just like uh, uh, evaporated and like really super concentrated. But uh, yeah. people actually age whiskey for long periods of time. So I don't know. Maybe this thing that they're drinking would be like top shelf in New York City these days. 150 year old whiskey would be like fucking $10,000 a glass or something.
1: Possibly. Possibly. Particularly in this world that I'm presuming they don't make much alcohol Probably, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah, Waste of resources. Think. Well, I think they probably do. I'm going to guess they do because they're so concerned with keeping people happy down there. I'll bet they actually uh, make a lot of it. B- bread and circuses, that may be true. And it's easy to make, right? It's not like coffee where it's like, I don't know how they're well, getting coffee. True,
1: but it probably is bathtub gin kind of thing that the most people are getting.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's not very good. That's another thing. Like in these little... Oh, the world's ended, and we're enclosed. Like this is our second foray into this. And Mangum talks we did Last yeah. of Us last year. I called it out then. I'll call it out now. How do these people get in coffee?
1: Ah, uh, they got a coffee level. That's the only way you could exp- either it's they've saved it for two hundred years, which calling bullshit bullshit or they well, the implication is that they've got apparently they a coffee, coffee farm stored under some very effective uv lights down on the on the depth levels
0: really they're taking a lot of that generator juice to make the coffee plants it's uh that's hard to believe i think <laughs> but we see them drinking coffee all the time Ma- maybe but it's Mars not really coffee awesome.
1: maybe they're just calling it coffee they don't know what a pez dispenser is maybe they're just calling it coffee
0: Really strong tea or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so Marnes gets the notes out, gets the note out and reads in my, and this is Holston's words. In my mm-hmm. final act as sheriff, I, Holston Becker, nominate. Drum roll, please. Juliet Nichols of Mechanical is my successor. Yeah. Uh, Woo! To, to
1: which the mayor reasonably, responds, who is that?
0: Marnes just says she's an engineer. He goes and- on. With a note, even if she refuses, I ask that this badge, my personal property, be given to her, Holston Becker. That is an interesting little detail he put in. That even if she doesn't want it, even if she's not going to be the sheriff, Mm -hmm. I need you to give her this particular badge. He said that she'd be getting a sign. This feels like a bit of a sign, wouldn't you say? Maybe. Maybe. The mayor asked, why her? And he says, look, like I said, he wasn't in his right mind at the end. So Marns, Marnes is the type of guy that I would want around and in my inner circle. But I'd be very careful about relying on his insight too much because he can be very dismissive. And like uh- he has clearly dismissed the concept that Juliet should be appointed sheriff, whatever. He might be personally offended by it considering all the work that he's done as deputy and He's just not willing to even give it any more consideration. And so And At this point, if I was the mayor, I would quit taking his advice on this.
1: It is useful to have somebody who is a practical, grounded thinker as part of the discussion. They're just not the only person you want to talk with because they're never going to see outside of what's immediately in front of them.
0: Especially for something like this, which is clearly an out-of-the-box candidate that the yeah. mayor now wants to consider. Because she says, look, I'm going to go meet her. I'm going to go down. All 144 levels. Look, we just sent the sheriff out to clean." I need to walk the silo. The people need to see their mayor. Fuck yeah. I like this mayor.
1: Again, I know you, I know you, you poo-pooed the idea of what 144 levels is. 144 levels is probably a lot for this woman. She probably has not ever done. Not, if she did that, it's been a long time.
0: It's like the, it's like the empire state building plus 50 stories going down and, and then, then back up,
1: back up, but maybe she can hire a litter to go back up with. Maybe the report, maybe, maybe
0: or she, there, she probably has places that she can stop and, sleep if she wants i mean yeah. she's the mayor she yeah.
1: she, she they're, they're, they're gonna stay in a nice bed and breakfast down in the asheville level it's gonna be great
0: i wonder if they that's a good question could you vacation to other levels
1: i suspect yeah
0: that'd be kind of dope i'd uh, have to uh, go to level you, level two today I'm god can you,
1: the fucking ritz carlton can, can you imagine there's an airbnb in the silo that would suck
0: oh man that's, that's such a good idea though cut to juliet she's walked down to the area she took holston we see a bed there along with some rope. And we see a flashback to her and George. And this is a different Juliet that we see here. This is flirty, sexual, like. Com-
1: comfortable with uh, another person in her own skin. Sh-
0: yeah, like t- like physical. Like in a, mm-hmm. I mean, she, she is like skittish of people, of talking to them, of looking them in the eye, of touching them. And then in this scene, she like jumps on top of him and starts to tickle him. It's like a completely different human being we're looking at.
1: Well, and credit to the actors too, and also probably just you know makeup and costume design. They physically make her look distinctly different as well compared to a lot of times. I know how they
0: did that. I know how they did it, and they do it in every flashback with George. They clean (sighs) her up. True. Yeah, she's she's making an effort. It's such a it's such a wonderful small little detail, but it, it she is so grimy and dirty. In these like, current scenes that when she they simply just take the dirt off her, she does look completely different. And they dressed her in white, too, to like really reinforce the idea that she cleaned up, right? Because now she's in like a white sweater. Uh, but, yeah, she looks very different. She seems like a completely different person. I love the insight into how she was with him. All the more heartbreaking when I think George might not be on the up and up. Don't hey. like that at all.
1: Hey, and where they are, they can just lower a bucket and get some fresh groundwater to clean up with. So, you know, they got options right there. So they nice have that little convert. fort they
0: got. <laughs> They have that conversation because they're talking about the rope and he's talking about the rope will send me down. And she doesn't like that because she's like, well, what in the fuck? There's like water down there. And I don't think they all learn to swim. I don't think there's pools in the fucking silo. Why she would they? She certainly doesn't seem to know how to swim. She says, there's water. You'd fucking die down there. And finally, she says, look, make me a deal. If you're going to go down there, just don't tell me until after you do it. Okay. Because she doesn't want to sit and worry about him. And he kisses her.
1: Uh, and what he describes as being dead. Does he describe in this conversation? What he wants to find down there? No. I, I, doesn't he talk about like a door uh, the tunnel? Oh yeah, he
0: says. Yeah, he says there's a door down there. Yeah, that's super vague. But yeah, she well, says there's a door down there.
1: My interpretation is that you remember when he's looking at like the schematics when Allison leaves the room, kind of thing, and he comments on, "Look, what is that tunnel off to the side there? That's at the very damn bottom." He's looking for that tunnel. He's might he, be that. That's the, the old drawing that he saw.
0: Right, B? but like when I said no, like I was thinking, like he never conveys to her what he's trying to accomplish. Not a like bit. what this is. Is this to escape the silo? Is it to Boxing find out more out. information? Is it what? What is the purpose of any of this? She really doesn't know, other than well, he's got some rope and he's going to go down there, right? In the wor- in the words of a famous climber, because it's there. So she does this. She does this. She takes the rope. She goes down. She's clearly scared of shit. Doesn't like the concept of the water. She's going down. She slips on the rope. <gasps> be still, my heart. She falls, but she catches herself. Thank goodness. But she does drop her flashlight. She says, fuck, looks around. And that is where our hero ends. The st- ends episode two is hanging by literally by a thread over with the no abyss. light with no light down in the abyss. And that's where we end. End of episode.
1: It's an awkward position to be in. I don't think. I think in many ways she was acting on impulse in terms of going down to that point, And I now see... We can see on her face and in her positioning that she's regretting her decision making.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I, I think this is this was not a great call on her part. And now that she's lost the flashlight, I wonder how the hell she gets back up. I mean, I guess she could just oh, climb ooh. straight up. Maybe just climb straight up and that's enough. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, that's in for the recap. Spencer, are you ready to move on to best line of the episode?
1: I got a few for you.
0: Okay, give them to me.
1: Uh, early one from the sheriff... Sorry for all the fuss. Mm. Pa- powerful exit line, powerful last words to resonate with your <laughs> friends. Uh, last words we actually hear from the character, at least on a time frame standpoint. Damn it, Allison, you were right. To to what degree she was right or not, I'm debating internally. Again, the sky may not be blue, but it's a powerful line right then. For sure. Uh, uh, you-, you already kind of did it and summarized it, but the entire... Uh, I I've I only have his name written down as Silo Resident Nine, but you know the 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 guy that manages the um, the fa- Juliet's the fa- boss Juliet's yep. boss the guy that, the guy that helps run the run the run the generators. His speech that he delivers after the sheriff's cleaning <sighs> it, it's a powerful, important speech and shows a lot of leadership right then and there.
0: Agreed. I like that guy.
1: Oh yeah. From what we're saying, he seems like a cool dude. Good to get the party too. The fact that he you know takes Cooper. Is his name Cooper. Cooper. Go get him some yeah. water. To get gets him some water, but also get gets a moment to celebrate. Hey, we're pairing him with Juliet, man. Isn't he gonna be awesome? Yeah, He's a, he has a good way of not only supporting as a group but supporting individually. Hallmarks of a good boss. Um, Taking so, notes uh, from uh, Kendall's mom. Oh, you've been coming here since you were thirteen to fix shit, so you don't have to deal with shit. Good line shows how much she does her. Um. A line that resonated with me uh we're all taught those signs so early people get so people get good at hiding them about the whole about elation and all the moods the thing Everything else that was a nice little bit of world building about in terms of this is a world where a lot of people would not cope well we you know in our real world the f- fact the, the sadly rates of suicide are often governed by how much sunlight you get based on what you your latitude for this world, where they're permanently below ground, rates of depression would be, I imagine, significantly higher.
0: I mean, think of, of the reasons. mental, think of the mental health crisis that we faced for the pandemic. A year, a year of lockdown, a year yeah. and a half of lockdown, and like these people are stuck in this thing yeah. forever. I mean, it would be unbelievable.
1: Uh, again, that was just such a wonderful moment of the difference between you and I's personality. We're great friends, but. You I, you were like, this is going to be so rough. I'm locked away from people. I'm not sure how to deal with everybody else because you're a social person. You like being around people. You like being your coworkers and your friends. Meanwhile, I was like, eh, it's not that different, really. This is just another Tuesday.
0: Yeah, you seem kind of pleased with the whole affair other than the fact people were getting sick. Like if it was just, if it was, we could do a lockdown without illness, Spencer would be all in.
1: If other people weren't suffering for the sake of my now comfort from not having to do with social settings, I would have been able to emotionally deal with it better. <laughs> Uh, one from the sheriff Juliet the not knowing it's going to haunt you forever as you call it. That's, a, that's a powerful line that's a line coming from personal trauma that he's connecting with her with there's a lot of empathy in that line um, another one from the sheriff that I like just again it's, it's similar to like some of the Hank lines we talked about earlier about you know enforcing the job in the sense of justice rather than just the rule of the law but who's to say where I found it the silo is a big place when talking about the Pez dispenser and the other artifacts he's going to find here in a minute uh, haymaker from Juliet—that's legitimately unfair, but it tells us a lot about the character that she says. Katana
0: if, blades, finish ma- him.
1: Maybe you, if you'd listen to your wife, she'd be alive right now.
0: Tear! Oh, you can't. uh And you know, as sweet as she was, the George—you gotta wonder what she's like in a fight.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. And one coming from the mayor and from the deputy. My next thought is, I have to go talk to Holston about this, yeah, I think the same thing about I think same thing about ten times a day as you said, a wonderful summary of grief uh, experience between two people uh, and that is the list I got for you
0: okay so i'm gonna, I'm gonna do something strange this week. I'm awarding two very fast honorable mentions. The mm. first is the not knowing that's gonna haunt you so we have to we have to do that one, and then also. In my final act as sheriff, I Holston Becker nominate Juliet Nichols of Mechanical as Fair. my successor. Fair, But best line in the episode, selected because I am emperor of the segment, and this is the line that uh, stuck with me and affected me the most. Is my next thought is I got to go talk to Holston about this. Yeah, I think about the same. I think the same thing about ten times a day.
1: That, that, that just hit at a personal emotional level. Like you know, well done shows or well done media or you know everything else. Those things that can just target through to your own personal experiences of life. That that one cut through a lot, of, a, a lot of the fences I set up.
0: I like this show. I'm having fun with this show. It's I, I'm, we're covering it. I'm having a great time. I, I think it's quality. I didn't expect to be rocked by a couple lines that way. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it when it came on this when it when I heard it and it, that scene played on the screen. I, I like sat back and was like whoa. I didn't didn't expect to feel that with this show. Mm-hmm. And so that shows it's like a particularly powerful line, particularly powerful writing. It is the best line of the episode. Well, okay. All right, Spencer. Let's award Silo Citizen of the Week. I've got I, my thoughts. I got, I've got two in
1: my mind that resonate. I, I,
0: Mike, I, mean, I think we already, we've already given it to the sheriff before, so I'm
1: not inclined to give it to him this episode. The, again, he's doing he can't his job. He can't, he can't do get it. He can't do it. He fucking he, he, went
0: outside. He uh, gave up.
1: Same category. I think Hank does well with respect to his job, and I think that deserves an honorable mention um, for, sure. for the reason we talked about. But I don't think he can win.
0: In my mind, I'm Hank, going. Hank, hmm? call Juliet. <laughs> Give her a call. See how she's doing. Uh, uh, Come on, Ank.
1: Don't n- n- don't white knight it right now. Just be a cool dude, and things might go from there. Uh,
0: I'm I'm shipping them.
1: I, I, you're shipping everyone. It's what you do. You're gonna sh- you're, you're shipping porters that are walking past each other on the stairs <laughs> for sure. <laughs> they they brush shoulders.
0: It's a meet cute. I love a good rom com. Uh,
1: my my two I'm pick, I'm debating between are either Silo Resident Nine Juliet's boss for the reasons we've mm-hmm. talked about. man's just good at his job, supportive of other people, supportive of the community, and has pride in his work. That's all important things. And instills pride in others. Also the mayor, for the reasons that you mentioned last episode, she's just a good mayor and cares from everything that I we're care. seeing about her. I'm, I'm going to be truly crushed if they're pulling the wool over her eyes and she's actually in bed with judicial and all this is just a well-done act.
0: Yeah, I mean, mine is, I feel pretty strongly it's the mayor because she, the way she deals with She's doing her job, so, and it sucks. I wish this wasn't her job, and I think she wishes it wasn't her job, but she deals with Holston with a personal touch. And then the way she, you know, works with Marnes afterwards to sort of huddle up and regroup and start to try to figure out this deal with the sheriff, how she's working through the politics, how she realizes that people probably need to see some level of stability. And I think that she's, I think the implication is that she's been mayor for a while, so. Uh, seeing her walk the silo will probably help give a sense of stability to the people. So she's willing to do that, wants to do that. And she also takes Holston's pick and says, we're not just going to dismiss that. Like, I know it sounds weird. It sounds weird to her. Obviously she doesn't even know the person is, but she's going to at least give it a think she's going to think it through. So shout out to her for being that, that sort of contemplative and, um, purposeful in her actions so i i I vote for the mayor strongly
1: i think that's fair i think if we're we're doing the three that we mentioned it'd be hank juliet's boss mayor in terms in in terms of our you know award award podium three two one
0: yep three two one i agree with you yep completely um all right there we go that's silo citizen of the week spencer We've got we to gotta talk some theories. What the fuck is going on with this show? We've offered a few
1: that we can mention in passing. We've already, kind of, we've already kind of ranted on the subject of them. But what the sheriff saw and what we saw and what everyone else saw and which of those is accurate and which of those is being manipulated or are all of them being altered for their own purposes. I've expressed my own views on this. I think you've expressed some of your views that you had in the time on this. Is there anything further that we can say about this now other than to say there's open questions?
0: I th- yeah, here's the part. Here's the part of the problem I run into with a lot of the theories, and in theories that I'm cooking up too. Like I'm I very much am involved in this, is that like you reach a point where you go, it doesn't look like they have the technology to do that. Like everything we're seeing on screen, like the, like the idea that you had, which was the 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 scre- C- their CGI helmet, image, yeah. their helmet is actually manipulated to show them a different reality than what was there. I'm looking at the tech that they're using to say I don't know, like run the fucking silo with the generator, and it doesn't look like they have the tech what? to do this.
1: There's the tech that everyone has, and we don't know what tech Judicial has. I'm willing to bet money there's a stark difference between those two.
0: But that's why I use the example of the generator because Judicial still needs the generator. The, well, like everyone does. May, everyone maybe does. So maybe they don't. I, we
1: don't know a damn thing about Judicial, and that is stark.
0: Now, see, now you're 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 so like. Uh, I want to believe X files on me that like, it's hard to talk about anything grounded. And I I get that the show makes you do that, but like you're accepting, accepting some of the core principles of the show, which is that they're stuck in the silo together. And that that is the only power source judicial would need that too. And it looks like it's old busted, rusty and you know, on the edge of falling apart. So it's like, how the hell would they have the, the, the fucking technology to manipulate these helmets. And by the way, if they're doing that, they'd have to have, how many people have they sent out to clean? So they've got how many of these suits that have the ability to project the false image? It's hard to believe that they have that.
1: I, I will admit, if, if if indeed my theory is correct, it is demonstrating a level of inequity in the society that even passes my my suspicions.
0: For sure, but the problem I'm running into is that those are the that like where I'm questioning, they don't have the tech to do that. Everything I'm thinking logically takes me to those places. Like I don't have an explanation. I don't <laughs> well, have an explanation. Why does it look, look so CGI? Why it's, doesn't why he why see does it the look bodies? So shitty? Why were there no dead bodies there? Like I, I have a hard what? time believing that it, it actually looks like the fucking Shire out there. Like that doesn't, what? What? that doesn't what? jive with me either. So I I'm struggling.
1: Why does it so perfectly hit the video that we saw reflected in Allison's eyes? Why does it? Uh, wh- uh, why is it that, the, from a production standpoint, that we only see outside through the lens of the helmet, and they purposely don't ever show us what he sees after he takes off the helmet? We only see his reaction to it and the ambient light, which looks subtly different than the ambient light that we had before. Even I might assume it to a certain degree. Again, they've given me enough to hang myself, and I'm always willing to jump on that rope. <laughs>
0: So middle of spring when she goes out and he did it on the day three years ago that she did. So it's middle of spring for him. Like I'm also wondering about seasons. Like (laughs) it it wouldn't always look this green,
1: man. man, The Canadian geese are always migrating.
0: (laughs) Look at that. The perfect V every time. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm skeptical as well. So that, that whole opening sequence I think is meant to just play with your expectations and, and have you, have you spinning and thinking, I am wondering, um, about the digging of the silo and that, that sure. machine, right? Because like, clearly where everyone else thinks the silo stopped, it did not. That machine dug a little bit farther. They're also on the image that we saw at episode one, as you pointed out, seemed to be a little tunnel that ran off to the side. My question is, what the fuck else is down there around there? That the people don't know about, that is actually still part of this whole contraption that people just aren't aware of.
1: Okay, mate, I'm going to offer something right now. I'm going to suggest something that we might get to see in the next episode. You ready? Yeah. A Balrog. There's going to be a Balrog down there. <laughs> Straight up.
0: Durin's Bane.
1: Durin's Rrr. Bane is around the corner waiting to jump out.
0: We're just going to hear this. Rrr. And then like the flash of drums in the deep. Yes. And then, you know, our wizard will say, this is beyond your powers. You must run (laughs) straight up.
1: That's what I'm expecting. Now,
0: again, too deep, too deep, too greedily.
1: It's plain. They don't know. It's plain. They have purposely suppressed the knowledge about the origins of this particular silo and community. They've cut off any connection to the outside world that that would otherwise provide. So there are any number of mysteries beyond corners or whatever else that they have no clue about. Possibly the only person that had a greater insight into this world was George, and seemingly he was killed for it.
0: All right. Well, that's my two things that I'm spending on this episode. Do you have anything else you want to talk in theory corner?
1: Uh, well, another thing on that, too, is that if, it, if we didn't already just make it logical that the 144-floor structure underground just wasn't built in private, that digger again syndicates that this was a giant national project that built this thing. The. the, the this was not something that was built in secret. This is not something that was hidden. This is the resources of the world were dedicated to build this thing when it was built kind of thing.
0: Which, like, would make you, which if, you, if you bared that logic out, would make you think, okay, maybe there was some very serious thing going on up there to again, marshal that, you know?
1: If this was a bunker with a few families in it, you can write that off a different way. This thing is too big to have been a private project in my mind, or at least a private project that was done in secret. One um, of the things I got here? We talked about the, we talked about our interpretation of the fucking liar. I think we're, I think we're on point for what, what she was screaming out about that. We've talked about the revolt in the streets and I like your theory that this is just how people deal with this kind of tension, particularly with the background of revolt they're all educated about. Um, yep. we talked some about judicial, uh, and jury to which they're trying to wield control on the civilian aspect of government, the way we've talked about it. Um, I don't think it, it's enough to ponder about who killed George. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It'd be funny if they were subverting it. It was just truly the fact that he was a rake and that, that came back to bite him. Um, but I don't, th- I, th- I think it was judicial from what they've set up and, you know, them arriving at the, even the party to look for him, presumably. Yep. Um, what did George find The implication is that he actually apparently found some means of diving down there, which, kudos, I would never do that. I even enjoy diving, but I'm not free diving down into the middle of the black and hoping what might be down there. Not doing Mm. it, sorry. Mm -mm. Um, But I think the implication is that he at least found the door going to the tunnel. And I don't think he got in there, because how dear God would he? But he's at least found what he presumes is the gateway to some new world, or the gateway to some old world, who can say? uh what's going to be on the camera no way of knowing about that um let's see here what else there were a couple other things no that's that's actually all i've got there's a lot of other things we talked about but i think that covers all all the points and questions between our recap and this summary that we are lingering on going into the next episode
0: i feel like like in this segment the number of things that you can bring to the segment is going to be more than the number of things that i can bring to it because like i do know some more about this season than you do sure. but as we as we get to the, that number it's just gonna like the two bars are gonna get closer and closer together as we get toward the end because like there are a couple things i do want to talk about but you just haven't seen those yet so uh yeah okay. uh, i think i'll be able to participate a little bit more once you've seen a few more episodes
1: I'm, I'm looking to that same episode 10 pivot that we did for us uh for severance of when suddenly we're both completely on the same page and in the same boat <laughs>
0: Although, you know, with this one, there are some, like, broader world stuff that you can do, like, um, you know, like the the whole, like, what the fuck else is there out there? Like, you know, clearly there's more than what these people have seen. And that's that's kind of like an ongoing question I feel like you're going to have through multiple seasons.
1: And, and, And that is, again, where I'm coming from. And I expressed it. I do think an apocalypse event occurred. I just don't think that if it ever was as toxic as they're claiming, it is now. Even if the world may still be kind of fucked up to a certain degree.
0: Hard for me to believe something kills you that fast. Hard for me to believe that.
1: It's the suit. I, I have a, I, I would struggle to accept any explanation other than the suit is what kills you.
0: Then why didn't the sheriff live? Because he'd already breathed it in?
1: Yeah, I think he had enough toxins in his system that that was enough to kill. Enough to kill. Him so the only
0: point. so the only way to really survive this thing is as soon as they close that door and you start to walk out, you take the helmet off immediately. That's you, the way you, to survive it.
1: You, you strip and go out buck ass naked. I think it would send the right message too.
0: Oh, and then you definitely clean. You clean for a <laughs> long time. <I> mean, <laughs> you, a you clean time. and you linger. You linger and clean. <laughs> oh What a wonderful plan! All right, great episode, Spencer. A lot of fun. Uh, going through it with you thanks everybody for listening we will be back with you next week for episode 3 of Silo these episodes come out every Tuesday night really look forward to it if you're enjoying the podcast please subscribe on whatever app whatever application whatever thing whatever you're listening on click the subscribe button leave us a rating leave us a review let us know what you're thinking we always appreciate that I love to hear those things thank you for listening we'll be back next week